What's going on, everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop, and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world, and then about a week later, we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. <laughs> what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the I Tap That Cigar Show presented by Corona Cigar. I'm your host, Kevin Shane, and I'm coming to you live from the Drew Estate. Experience Asset Studios here on the sunny Gulf Coast of Florida. Joining me, as always, is Care Viajante of Stogie Road Cigars. Care, welcome. what's going on, man? I didn't, oh. I didn't hear what you were saying because <laughs> I unplugged my ear. I, I hopped yeah. off. I guess whatever you're saying, but I figured it probably didn't matter because the last thing I said was I agree with you, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. when you say that, it's like everything else afterwards doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't make any difference. You agree yeah. with me? It's all I heard. That's all I heard. <laughs> that's, all that's, I one, heard. that's one more thing. Uh, when Jessica says something, like, I bet I bet uh, 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 Carol will agree with me. And then uh, she'll say what she normally says, which is what, Jessica? What? Fuck care. Uh, I don't say that. You say it all the every time. I, I go, say that. Yeah, yeah. You, those are Sorry, your exact Jess, words. Cool. No, I say fuck you and care. Oh, okay. I always, oh, okay. I, was, I always see, say... Fuck you to both of you. Here I am <laughs> paraphrasing again. And in the background, for those that may be first time uh, viewers, first time listeners on the podcast, that is the potty mouth. producer <laughs> Jessica. Jessica, say hello to everybody. Hello. Hello. Happy Halloween. Uh, happy Halloween. So uh, this is I got, a, I got my outfit tonight. Yeah. And, and apparently, this is just going to be a Halloween special because I take it our guest forgot. That uh, that he uh, had a show tonight, um, so um, it's just going to be the three of us doing what we do. Care carrying the show, care the king of improvisation. Um, before I get on my rant, because I, I have a rant, so now now that we don't have a guest, uh, I, I, I have a rant. Um, first of all, care, what are you smoking tonight? Well. Karen Berger, AJ Fernandez collaboration. Yeah. It's I'm sorry, that was a little creepy. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be. It's freaking Halloween, Jess. Sorry, when it comes to Christmas. Halloween doesn't necessarily mean creepy. It does. Just stop being a freaking damn freaking pooper on my party. And you know, it's just three of us, so we got a long night. Listen, I have I have a serious question to ask you though, Karen. I was getting ready to say something, but go ahead, please. Okay, don't let, my, yes, I, don't, don't, I, I don't figured, let the middle of my inter, don't let the middle of my sentence interrupt the beginning of li yours. Listen, I figured you would be used to it by now since you live with Jen, you know. Oh. So we like to, oh. we, li we like to interrupt. She's feeling better. When you were when you were growing up in Pennsylvania, did you guys celebrate Mischief Night? Okay, okay, we're, we're, that is going to be a question. We're going to have to wait. I need a cigar. We need to get into the show, yes. and we're going to talk about. Well, then we're going to talk about mischief night. Okay. Um. So, 
Um, let's get yes, right into it. That's uh, it. Apparently. That's it. Well, I, I need everybody, everybody's able to smoke except me because I got to do the cigar see, medics humidimeter cut smoking. and light. Remember with the cigar the medics cigar humidimeter, humidimeter, you'll always know when to hold them and know when to smoke them. I just thought, uh, you know, uh, uh, Johnny Cash originally did that, uh, the, the song, and then um, uh, he wasn't sure of the song, so he kept holding on to it, holding on to it. So, like, the production team gave it to, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, the uh, Boston, Kenny uh, Rogers. Kenny Rogers. I'm thinking the Boston Market guy. You know, Kenny Rogers. Uh, uh, okay, the, I'm trying to think of the restaurant. And then he filmed it. Johnny Cash was pissed. But then he's like, or not filmed it, <laughs> recorded it. And then... Um, He's like, all right, he did he did a better job. So, all right, I got a couple cigars tonight. Both of them are from well, uh, the, the Corona Cigar of the Month Club. I think I'm going to start off with the Undercrown Sungrown. This is from the October 2022 Corona Cigar of the Month Club, the regular club. And then for my backup cigar from the September 2022, the Rocky Patel Decade or a oh, deca nice. Decade as a JFK would... Uh, with That's my it. backup. I got the gringo. Gosh, gringo, dude. gringo, the Robusto Magnifico. Yeah. yeah. And we say backup like like we may not get through our first cigar. <laughs> so yeah, like we just say it's our second second cigar. So let me uh the cigar yeah. medics humidimeter is 64. 62%. And now uh, there's no way my lighting is uh is a little dim. 62%. So uh Thank you to Cigar Medics. And I do have my uh, Cigar Medics uh, uh, baller, the, the cutter. So, all right. I got to tell you, I'm really happy with this cigar because I met Bruce Bush was in town. And he was up here in South Carolina, North Carolina. I met him out at the uh, Social Cigar Lounge here in, uh, in up in Taylor, South Carolina. And uh, he gifted me uh, uh, this, this cigar. And uh, it was really good to catch up with Bruce. Yeah, it's good. I see he's hanging out with Rick Rodriguez tonight, so I should message Bruce right now and be like, hey, we've got one available date left uh, for the show for the end of the year. Can you get Rick on the show? Because you know, hey, hey, we got available the date. It's called Five Minutes. Yeah, 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 that's it. So, uh, but yeah, so how, oh. how you liking, how you liking the cigar? I love that cigar. It's a very good cigar, and I'm pairing it with my Das Boot, my Bricktoberfest. Um, no, this is it's a fantastic cigar. I mean, it's it's I like Karen stuff, and I actually had a, a Maduro Lancero from her this morning. And when I smoke that, and then I smoke this, like I can pick up, like for me, I can taste the Karen burger to you know that 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 style that she has, but it definitely has that AJ influence on it. It is really good. It, it does, and one one of the rules I set this year for my for my cigar of the year was uh, no limited editions, no anniversaries, no special cigars, because I, I and and that shouldn't be if if the cigar is a cigar that I love, um, it should be a cigar that should be able to make it on my list. But uh, generally, for the last couple of years, they've been cigars that I've been smoking 30, 40, 50 of during the year. You know, like like it just it just it happens to be the winner every year. It's like. Oh yeah, that one I smoked seventy-five, you know, uh, uh, Dunbarton's last year in the El Americano. Uh, so yeah, that was my cigar of the year before that, you know. But it but, should uh, be that way. It, I mean, it, 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 if you, I think when people do cigars of the year, it's either got to be one of two things: either 
I'm smoking all the cigars that were released in 2022, and I'm going to tell you which is the best one that I've smoked that ever released. Or if you're going to smoke any cigar, I mean, honestly, if if, if there is no time frame on it like that, if the El Americano is your favorite cigar last year, it should be your favorite cigar this year, unless there's something that good to knock it off its pedestal. You know, I, I you know, I've never had an official of um. I wonder how Jimmy does it. You know, but um. I've I've never had an official thing, Come but on, Jimmy, it, tell us how you do it. If if it was if it was last year's cigar of the year, <laughs> I, I I don't put it in the running for the next. And like and I'm like you, I'm I'm violating the stuff that I get mad about. You know, it's like it should be a bit you know in the running for yeah. next year. But uh, but like the the El Americano by Dunbarton, you know, like I said previous year, I I legitly probably smoked between seventy five and a hundred of them that year. I was just hooked on them. Right. This year, I've probably only made my way through two boxes. You know, so you know, I've been smoking a lot of other stuff. I do have some some good cigars up on that on that list, but um, but yeah, that you know, no no LEs, no anniversaries. Uh, that that's a, because on Why those. Are, Mainly because they're so rare, you, I, I can never get more than just a couple of them. So you know, like a, a two or three pack, you know, uh, or two or three cigars. So like I said, once like I, I'm coming around like August, I was already thinking cigar of the year. So I'm I'm thinking what I'm smoking. So now I'm going back and I'm smoking a lot of them. You know, I'm like, all right, let's let's weed through these like these cigars. You know, um, like the Sinistro White Gold. Uh, the West Tampa Black, the Agonorsa Supreme Leaf. Those are just three on my list. Those right. are three that are really. I'm now. I'm going back. I'm smoking a lot more of those. Um, smoking a few of the other ones. So the LEs, you know, if I only got one or two, and you can't find them anymore, I can't get them. It's like, how how do you put those back into that lineup? So that's the. Uh, weird... Are you gonna argue with that? Yeah, I, I know it, it's it it's tough. It's um. But it was same as last year. I know a few of the online bloggers got a little irritated, and same with me. You know, at the end of the year, when uh, um, uh, the new uh, the new Dunbarton, uh, the Paladin de Saka released with seven days to go before the end of the year, made made a dozen list number one cigar. I'm like, what the fuck was that? You know, so how how did that happen? That's well, possible. It is. So so I got a yeah. question though. I got a yes. question. What's Jessica smoking? <laughs> yes, Jessica, tell us what you're smoking before we uh, um, uh, thank our uh, our sponsors for tonight. Well, what are you I'm in? smoking the last mystery cigar from September 2022, Freestyle Live, which now oh. is the blackened cigar that. Oh, blackened is the yeah. I know. I know you had one. Yeah, I, I hit I, it. From I, you. I would have smoked. What's it yeah, saying? Uh, so. Such yep. a great cigar, God. It, it, well, I, I, oh. I told, I told people, I said, even though I didn't get it, I didn't get it right. Um, one thing I did get right was it's a Liga killer. It's, a, I mean, this is a cigar. It was three years they were working on that cigar to perfect it, and I would, I would take that cigar over, you know, a T fifty two and a number nine every day of the week now. You know, it's just they they nailed it. The only thing I didn't care for, which I mentioned it to uh, Pedro, I mentioned it to Jack, I mentioned it to um, okay. Ryan, was uh, was the the bottom footband that says blackened. I got I told him, I said when I take that footband off and I post a picture on social media, nobody knows what cigar that is. That footband, I hate footbands. Got to raise it. Got to raise got, it. You got to raise it up. You got to put dual it. bands up top. 
you know, now obviously Drew Estate doesn't need the advertisement for that cigar, but maybe Metallica yeah. does, Black End. I don't know. But yeah, that's the only oh. thing that irritates me. Not only on that cigar, a lot of cigar. Same with Sokka, the <laughs> fucking yellow <laughs> foot bands, you know, uh, like the Unstolen Valor. I take it off. Oh. I got to put it on my pinky or I got to cut it off and then but that's your choice. And then retape it. Listen, if you smoke a cigar and you did not post a picture on Instagram, did you even smoke a cigar, bro? No. No, you didn't. It's like it never happened. I mean, Grant smokes cigars all the time and he never posts pictures. Yeah. Yes, but I need proof. Yeah. But he can't really post pictures. It doesn't matter. I need proof, though. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that can't really, like, advertise like where they're at, what they're doing. <laughs> Stefan, I guess I don't smoke that. Stefan. So yeah, that, I, I that will just... tell you this. This this uh whiskey, whatever this is, a blended straight whiskey. Yeah. It, uh it, it's it's not not really good. No? How how no. is you tried it with uh some uh, uh diet coke and a lime? <laughs> um dude, I'm not paying the money that we pay for black and to mix it with something. Yeah. I, I it's let me rephrase Whoa, that. Jess, Jess, hold on. Is she is she on my she's pulling my uh my mixer off. Okay. What is she laying on? Okay. 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 <laughs> so go ahead, care. Okay. Um, it's it's a little too sweet for me. Okay. So, oh, Kevin's gone. Oh. So it's just me. We could hear Kevin's voice, but you can just see me, which is okay. I'm much better to look at than Kevin, but he does have a more authoritative voice. Um. So yes, the blackened whiskey. I gotta tell you, I had it. Um, I I I just think it's a little too sweet for me. Um, it says it's that it's, it's right finished here. in this black one. brandy casket caskets. I must I got the Halloween on the brain. Yeah, it's, it's in black uh, brandy casks. So maybe that's what makes it a little bit sweeter. And I'm just I I I don't know. I don't know. Just just can't. I, I I can't I can't get to it. I think if you I added anything else to it, it would make it sweeter, Kev, which I don't want to do. Turn it off? You yeah, I I I've I've heard I've heard. Can you still hear me? Yes, we can so, hear you. Okay. Yeah, so so we're 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 trying here um to get my uh um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pop out and then right. um come come all right so so Kevin popped out where our viewership is gonna start going up, but um <clears throat> But the blackened again, you know, it's it's decent. It's really good, or it's decent, not really good for me personally. I just thought it was a little too sweet. So if you get an opportunity to try it, try it. Um, if you do like a uh, uh, a form of 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 whiskeys that is a little bit sweeter, um, I I mean, I tend to to lean more towards scotches. Um, I like something that that's a little bit more smokier finish. Um, not not as sweet. Um, my buddy Daryl's turned me on to to a number of different whiskeys and bourbons um, that have uh, some great flavors, and it's not it's not overly sweet. But um, I'd give it a try. I wouldn't. I think the blackened cigar is one of the is incredible taste of cigar, and I can't wait for it to be released. Um, something like that, I would definitely want to. I'd want to pair with either coffee or or some sort of a scotch. Um, I think just for me, this is a little bit too sweet. So that's uh, that's my take on the blackened whiskey. The cigar, though, fantastic, freaking incredible. Um, I may try and actually pair the two just to see if they do pair well together. But I do feel 
a, a scotch or something that's a little bit more smokier would really pair better with the blackened cigar than with this whiskey. All right, I'm back. I, I heard the tail end of that, but you're not the first person that has said that that they haven't been a fan of the um, of of the blackened. You know, so. And you know, I I tell you, it was when I smoked the cigar, the cigar was fantastic. It, I mean, it was really good. I was blown away. And then when I found out that it was Metallica and James Hetfield, which has been my band since. Ride the Lightning. You know, I was there the early days. Um, I've seen them in concert like four or five times, um, up until I think the, the the Black Album. I think then I stopped going, but um, it made it even that much better. Man, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a freaking. I was I was I was uh, I was fanboying it out a little bit with that. Yeah, with we're gonna get back bit. into that. So uh, we're going to. Uh, um, Little little housekeeping for everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I know we're a little a little discombobulated. I am a little discombobulated. I don't want to say we because goddamn dog who likes to chew cords and pull and lay on cords pulled something out. So, um, all right. Just a reminder: December fourth, the Ebor City Cigar Heritage Festival. Um, both regular and VIP tickets are still available for the show on Sunday. Tickets are also still available for Saturday's pre-party event at the J.C. Newman Factory. So make sure you head over to CigarHeritageFestival.com for your tickets. Um, there's a link in the show notes down below. Um, Steve Saka just announced that uh, he'll be coming to the uh, to the festival. Yeah, I saw so, that. That's fantastic. Uh, uh, gonna be gonna be super cool. I just. Uh, um, Heard uh, uh, Cigar Craig, Craig Vanderslice, he's uh, flying down for four or five oh, days. He's, 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 he's going to be down at the festival, so it's going to be super, super awesome. Oh. So we, we can't wait to see everybody down there. And, and as Care had pointed out earlier, he has his DOS boot. So um, uh, uh, J.C. Newman Bricktoberfest ends today, but like previous years, um, they don't recall all the boots to bring back to the factory. Oh. So there are retailers that still have boots left over from the previous year, and they usually still honor it. If you buy the seven Brickhouse cigars, you get the Das Boot Stein for free. So definitely um, you know, head over to jcnewman.com tonight. They'll probably take down that link tomorrow with the Das Boot retailers. So after that, you'll probably have to do some hunting um, to figure out which of the um, 150 retailers near you. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah. Actually, the Bricktoberfest uh, cigars were good too. They were, yeah, they were fantastic. Really the nice. The, the best, uh, they're, and they're always good. They're they're inexpensive cigars. They're right. Like I said, you know, the, the Brickhouse cigars are not. I mean, they're you know six six eight dollar cigars sometimes. Well, cheaper. Some of the best. I mean, I think so, they're one of the best deals you can get for a cigar. It, it, it really, really is. Are. You know, it's step up. You know, from their from their quorum, which is their bud super budget cigar. <laughs> and then just go up to a brick house. Great cigar. So, mm -hmm. um, so before we continue tonight, we definitely want to take a moment to thank all of our show partners for making this happen each and every week. We are winding down the season. We only have uh, six shows left before we go on um, a winter hiatus. So, um, uh, and hopefully they'll all be back with us again next year. But thank you to J.C. Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics. Amandola Cigars, We Are the Muscle, Excelsior Tobacco, Makers of the Doña Lydia, GTO Cigars, Those Who Know, Smoke GTO, Corona Cigar, and of course, Drew Estate, and Experience Acid. All right, so welcome to the Halloween edition. Um, um, 
So, so growing, I mean, I don't know, what did you listen to growing up music wise? Obviously in your, you know, Metallica wasn't around when you were growing up. No, I had, you know, that old, but yeah. No, but my, my, my brother, my older brother and my sister, um, listened to nothing but Kiss. So growing up, now growing up from them, it was all Kiss, right? And then, and then I found my brother's. This is back when you could have like a tape of a tape, you know, of the cassettes. And I, yeah, that's when I got introduced to Jimi Hendrix, <laughs> um, Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath. But as a child, I remember my mom was a big um, country and gospel uh, uh, music. So I heard a lot of Elvis, a lot of Charlie Pride, Charlie Rich, Conway Twitty, um, <clears throat> uh, just. Uh, Tony Orlando and Dawn as well. Um, <clears throat> my dad had Sly and the Family Stone, The Doors, yeah, Emerson Lake and, and Palmer, um, and uh, The Beatles. Um, just, you know, a, a good mix of... Uh, we, we used to have those eight tracks that would have two bands on the eight tracks. So there was one that was... the It was The Stones and The Doors. So you'd have like you know, a stone song and then two doors and two stones and the doors. It was actually pretty cool the way that they would do that with the eight tracks. They'd have two different, two, two different. Oh, those, are, those were marvels of science. Uh, yeah. Back, back in the day. Jessica, what'd you listen to grow, growing up as a, as a ute? As like a teenager? Yeah. We'll, we'll say, yeah, we'll, we'll say like, you know, um, yeah. Teenager, 12, 13, 14. Um, I used to listen to like Pink Floyd. Cause like I used to, really into records for a, a, like a while like Janis Joplin I had on record Creedence Clearwater and then I got into punk rock a little bit for a little while oh, um, like oh. Mighty Mighty, Mighty yeah, Boston's yeah. and, and stuff and then um, I don't know I, I think I listened to rock and like like more hardcore stuff you know like uh, God it's been a long time because I don't really listen to that anymore but pretty much just like more like rock and stuff. And then as I got older, I don't really think I listened to like a ton of music besides just like old music. Yeah. Like from the seventies <laughs> and stuff. Like I don't even listen. I couldn't even really tell you what's new out there because I don't really listen to anything new, but I do like some indie rock. Like I couldn't tell you any of the bands or the songs, but I find myself like listening to it. Like, like if I come across it on like, you know, YouTube or TikTok, and I'm like, oh, this band's cool, and then I'm like, I don't really care, and like, I don't ever think about them again. Yeah, <laughs> I do the same thing. And I, I, just go, I, go, to- I go back to 1992. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's about as high as like that's <laughs> my my listening my my listening uh, and my 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 mixes don't go past that year. Yeah, but I, I, I I definitely went through like a bunch of different like phases of music but i do like a lot of like older music too like from the 50s and stuff yeah you know i i I think whatever you're in the mood for you know i was otis redding like yeah see i i was i was surf music um beach boys jan and dean Mm -hmm. because because on the weekends that's what we did we I, i went with my dad we went to car shows you know, that's great. Yeah. Jan and Dean, yeah. um, uh, just all the, all the surf music. Yeah, I love, no, I, I love that. surf music and that's all I, I love. Listen it. To. Great music. And that's, what, and that's what my kids grew up on. surf. like Amber, like, you know, if, if you play like a certain beach boy song, she'll know the words to it. Yeah. 
you know, she she loves the Beach Boys. Well, so, don't, um, don't, you and don't then, speak for her. She's maybe when she was younger, she still does. So I was like, a year, her, it was like a year ago, <laughs> she right. she had said that she okay. still loves it. So right. so it was surf music, and then um, uh, Luke Skywalker and Two Live Crew. I mean, just that. <laughs> Just that, that 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 Miami as <laughs> the bass that ate Miami. So it was just that Miami sound oh, of I, rap. Yeah, when I lived in New York, like you know, I used to go to a lot of clubs and stuff. So it was always like Beastie Boys, anything that was like, you know. Yeah, I, I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't into Beastie Boys. I, I, you know, yeah, like said it was Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah, it was just was, that you know, that Run DMC stuff like that. Yeah, so that was always cool. We used uh, to go into a bar that had a you know the the music selection. And just from my, you know, I kind of went through phase. Like you said, I grew up, my parents had this influence in the music that I listened to. Mm. And I'd go into a bar that we used to go to. And I always, they had a Tom Jones, the best of Tom Jones. Oh, wow. God. And, and I love Tom Jones. Tom Jones is a fucking I don't know. Band. I grew up listening to Willie Nelson because of my grandfather, but I do not really uh, enjoy love, any. But Willie I'll put Nelson. on Delilah by Tom Jones. And it would stop the bar and everybody would look around like, what the shit is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the guy that brings down the bar. It's like, now everybody's sad. I'm in this And everybody stops. You know, yeah. they just, you know, we just got done listening to freaking Leonard Skinnerd, and oh, I got, God. you know, Tom yeah. Jones. But, um, I mean, that my mom was a big Alice Cooper fan. I oh, mean, of all yeah. her stuff, because yeah. back in the day, he did all that opera rock. So he did like, yeah. she liked all the like the, the, the only women bleed and all those freaking yeah. ballads that he did. But, oh my mm. God. Yeah. Um, See, I used to go to, that, I, I that, saw that, Rod that, Stewart in concert, and I don't care what anyone says, that man puts on. That 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 that's that's concert. that song would get canceled in 2022. What's that? Yeah, uh, only women bleed. Oh yeah. Um, no, but but yeah. the whole song the whole song is about a strong woman who yeah. gets abused. That's what the song is about. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Sorry, I, Kevin. Yeah. I don't know. I used to go to like <laughs> just the title so got got changed. The title 2022. Yeah. Care. Women. Yeah. I mean, luckily, like care, like we're caring. Bleeding and I, like, persons. Grew up. We had lots of access to festivals and stuff. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you went to festivals and stuff, Care, growing up, but I mean, I used to go to a ton of festivals. Ooh, the Ragu Festival. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know I, a few. It wasn't like a, a thing. I mean, uh, you know, but I, I think I've gone to the Horde Fest. I went to the Horde Fest like three times. Yeah, me too. I've been to Reggae Sunsplash like Buku at times. Uh, Does the Lebanon Bologna Fest count? Yeah, yeah, probably <laughs> if they had music there. I don't know. Charlie Daniels band was there. Oh, sweet! That's fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Charles, um, the best Horde festival I went to, and the, I actually I went to I went to the Horde festival in Philly at the Man. Oh, and yeah. and it was on the main stage was um, um, Ziggy Marley, yeah. who was fucking awesome. God, Ziggy yeah. Marley, I missed him. He was in Columbia recently. He puts uh, on a show. I didn't know he was still. I honestly, I mean, I didn't know he was still alive. Ziggy Marley. Yeah, it's his son. Yeah, yeah. Bob died. Yeah, Bob I, 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 Ziggy yeah. Marley. For some reason, I thought Ziggy. Yeah, he uh, I, thought he died. I thought he passed away young. No, Ziggy you know, Marley's so. doing a whole new concert now. And it's all a tribute to his father's songs. Yeah. His oh, father really? Did. And he puts on a show. So it was him, and it was a God Street Wine, which was a band out of Jersey that kind of hit it big for a while. Um, <clears throat> and then the Black Crows, which were horrible. They were horrible though. They were terrible. 
And then, you know, uh, Blues Travelers. Then on the second stage, believe it or not, back then, I think it was Weezer. Oh, my gosh. And Morphine. (laughs) And I don't know if you've ever heard of Morphine. They have a drum, a bass, and a saxophone player. Yeah. Yes. I I mean, and then I went to the one in in Hershey, and that was uh, Rusted Root. Lenny Kravitz, oh, which God, I love Lenny Kravitz. Awesome. I've, I've seen Lenny in, in concert several times, and he's just fucking awesome. And Rusty Root. And then it was the only show on that uh, tour that um, Neil Young played. And I'll oh. tell you what, incredible, man. That dude, wow. He is. He did electric set, acoustic set, then electric set. Oh my God. Wait, what's funny is, growing up, because my sister's a little bit older than me, and she was you know, into all the hair bands. So I got to see, because of course my mom's like, Oh, if you want to go to a concert, you have to bring your sister. So I got to see Bon Jovi, like, uh, Guns N' Roses. I mean, Mm -hmm. like all these hair bands. And I remember, um, before Bon Bon Jovi was like even (laughs) known, you know, like he opened for, I think it was, uh, probably for poison. He opened and like everyone was yelling and booing him off, saying like "Get off the stage!" He came out with like hot pink spandex we pants on, poison. and everybody was like booing him off the stage. And then he became like this huge hit and yeah. stuff. But yeah, I remember seeing Bon Bon Jovi get booed off of the stage oh, when yeah. I was like thirteen. They're really good in concert. Aerosmith. And Bon Jovi, he's from uh, and he from yeah, New Jersey, Sayreville. Yeah, and then uh, the dr- the keyboardist actually went to high school with my aunt Janet. Yeah, there's a bunch of JP Stevens. He was from Edison. So my my, my roommate was from Sayreville in college. Mm. Uh, Sang Sangman Lee, such a great dude. And he was a guitarist, but he had <laughs> all the different you know bands, all the hair bands from Jersey. But yeah, yeah I, I we got into it, man. I, I've been to a lot of concerts for hair bands. I mean, I I went and even thing. saw the Nelson Brothers, which is Ricky Nelson's twin boys. Oh yeah, they had like long blonde hair, and like I don't I don't think they ever did anything besides like a little like couple of years of. I maybe they still do music. I don't know, but it was it was weird. They're, they're <laughs> actually pretty talented. Hey, uh, Chris Walmer said that Bon Jovi launched Cinderella. I saw Cinderella in concert twice. They're actually pretty good. They opened up for uh, um, Judas Priest when I saw them. I've only been to three concerts. Two of them were Beach Boys concerts, and the other was a Monkees concert. Of course. So of course that, 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 that is it. That, that is the... I mean, lucky for me... I it's the last the train to Clarksville, and I'll meet you at the yeah. station. <laughs> like, I love that I live near the Meadowlands and live in, near New York and Philly, and, like, just, I could go to all these cool concerts and stuff. And, we yeah. used to, and I remember one thing my sister wanted to do was, uh, uh, for her birthdays in January, she wanted to go to Disney because uh, Tiffany was going to be playing there. And but we, we had to go for my sister's birthday to Disney and watch Tiffany uh, perform. You know, you know, we, we we had talked about that before, and it blows my mind when we when we watch these old documentaries on like these uh, old bands or old oh, people Trickster. like Tiffany, yeah, and it, and it was um um like like back in the day, like so when like the Beach Boys were coming around, you played the state fairs, you yeah. went all over. That was your tour. When Tiffany came out, like they're showing, she it was the, the mall. it was the mall yeah, tours. Debbie yeah, Debbie Gibson. You had to do the mall tours, and they show these concerts, and 
there, you know, and there'll only be a couple hundred people, you know, yeah. in, uh, surrounding the stage, but you did the mall tour, you know, and if you, and if you or the record store, there's an old video, there's an old video when Pearl Jam first started out, they played, I think at like Tower Records out West and it was, it was the record store. It was a fantastic concert. It was incredible. But, you know, like you said, you played fairs or back when um, Elvis and, and uh, Johnny Cash then were torn. They played freaking, they played gymnasiums. Oh, Still really? Gymnasium. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I, I think when I saw the Nelson Brothers, it was at like um, some like club. Like a, That's because it was the Nelson Brothers, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but what I'm saying is I used to like, I was used to going to like events and stuff and like, yeah. con- real concerts. And then they, they were playing. So, I don't even know where it was. It was like some weird, like, hey, like basement of a church type thing. I don't know. It was really strange. That that is one. I mean, so I, I don't know any people that are in bands that actually tour now, like the ones that you you don't hear. But you know, I, I'd be interested to find out, like, when. Hey, Jess, can you uh, band kick that person from the show? Uh, oh, the, the spam okay. bot. Oh wow! I want to find love on a new dating site. Huh? Yeah. So uh, um, I don't know what what do they do now? Is it you know is is it you know obviously it's not malls, state fairs, you know because now state like state fairs like Bon Jovi comes to state fairs. It's not small small venues. Well, it's all the um, recycle the older folks will do that. I yeah. Mean, so I, I don't know yeah. where the new people where where they where they travel to. What do you mean? Like looking Penub. Like looking like, like new like new band? Yeah, like like what like what do you what do you tour? Like what do you do? You they know, do, is they, it, they do they venues. Go to, yeah, yeah. They go to all like most of the arenas. Like you'll yeah. see like all that stuff. Like yeah. remember that therapist lady or whatever she was like the at your when you were doing therapy and she was always hating on michael buble yeah like he goes to all like yeah. the big arenas because I, I mean just for the record it's physical therapist that's not my like therapy like oh like, didn't i say physical therapy no no you, you said, you said, you said, you said therapist. Oh, my therapist you know therapist. there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> nothing <laughs> wrong if anybody <laughs> needs help you know and god and god sorry, knows sorry, that sorry, jessica sorry. wants me to go to a therapist you know as long, like, you know. As long as you don't play michael buble but yeah. No, they, yeah, they, they do, do arenas. They do arenas. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. So I don't. Yeah, I, that, I mean, it's, you know, we have the arena up in uh, Charlotte. <laughs> A lot of bands go up there. Um, we actually get some, some pretty. Uh, the Whalers came into town from uh, Bob Marley and the Whalers and played uh, down in Greenville. Um, yeah, the, you know, the outside amphitheater. We get some you, pretty you, good gigs. You say that you because you, you always say that you think of because I've been to Greenville. It's not small by any means, small town. It's not a giant town either. But you said you get some people that come to Greenville, South Carolina, you know, and and play. Oh, I, we, it's it's pretty impressive how much this this area has grown, um, and just down. I mean, they had the Republican uh, one of the Republican debates in in Greenville. Oh wow! I think you you think like South Carolina, North Carolina, like don't see like no, no culture. No, no. I'm saying we we've been we've been I've been to Greenville several times. I said it's not a giant city. Yes, my dad, my dad. When I first moved here, he goes, you know, you got to go to Home Depot. Do you have a Home Depot there? Oh my god! I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to ask Charlie <laughs> that, you know, okay. So, so we, so we were just, and Jessica hasn't pissed me off. Like she's pissed me off lately what? going into home Depot. Oh. Listen, that is my 
territory. We we go to Bed Bath and Beyond. Jessica, you take I over. You lead me. Bed, you lead me around beyond. to the tar Target, Bed Bath, wherever you want. We go into Home Depot. You don't you don't get to ask quite. You don't get to point things. It's my territory. So we always go in the exit. You know because if you're if you need something on that side of the store, yeah. you know that's why the doors open from the outside. Right. So you can get in. If it was truly an exit, they would only open from one side. Yes. You know, plus that's like the contractor's entrance. And then she made sure that everybody heard it. Well, you're not a contractor. Well, now everybody knows that. You know, not, you know, thank you. Thank you for demeaning stitches. me in front of the Home Depot people <laughs> that I am not a contractor. Um, you know, some, you know, so yes. And then she she was looking, I forget what it was. And then, you know, she asked somebody for help. She asked somebody for help in front of me. Do you know how emasculating that is? Like, I just wanted to leave. You know, like, okay, first off, so that, if you're going to tell the story, at least tell the story correctly. We were trying to find... That's accurate. No, it was not. <laughs> we were trying to find, like, window tint to, like, look yeah. at it and see what it was about because we were thinking about tinting the Wyatt's window. And so the, I, we couldn't find it. We're looking, we're looking. So there's a person. I said, hey, do you know where this window tint is? Like a fucking normal person would ask for direction. Not a normal person. <laughs> Kevin was upset because I asked somebody for directions. So you know, I uh, if, the right direction. for anybody who's listening right now, if you are truly enjoying the conversation we're having, <laughs> this is pretty much what it's like to have a bully show. Yes. It yes, the, oh the, the 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 broad the broadleaf bullies. You can find us on all the podcasting platforms. You can find find us on YouTube, and uh, and I see we do have a uh, we do have a guest. I saw uh, um, uh, uh, joining us. Um, uh, his camera's not on, so um, your camera uh, on either. Uh, earlier, Kevin. Yeah, I I, I, I I know. So uh, so 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 we'll, we'll give it some we'll, time. So we'll we'll see. Um, I was going to say at the beginning of the show, Bacardi announced today. That uh, they're no longer putting the little plastic spouts inside their bottles to save, you know, save for the environment. So, you know, have you ever seen like, I think there's like no. half a dozen manufacturers okay. that put like these little plastic pieces and it controls the flow. Irritating. How's that, how's that good for the, how's that good for the environment? Well, getting rid of the plastic that, you know, they're, they're saving, okay. saving plastic. So, so, get, so basically you get a, you get a good pour. You know, yeah, but no, I, I've spent 25 years perfecting my pork on the count method on Bacardi, and now now they're taking out my spout. Um, can you take it? Can you take that spout out of an existing one and put them in? You're damn else? right, I and I'll be saving those. There you go. You know, so, but uh, uh, but I'll forget. I'll forget, and I'll throw it away, and then one day I'll have no spouts, and then I have to no, adjust. Take it. take take one or two right now. Yeah. Wash them off and hide them somewhere. Like put them somewhere yeah. that, that you, you you'll be able to find them, and then continue to take them out. And I'm gonna actually go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna save. I'm gonna start saving them for you. <laughs> yeah. For you, Kevin. So, but I, but I probably should learn should learn how to 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 readjust my pour. You know, for you know. But it's neither those, here nor there. It's just a little bit of a rant. That, those that flow I, things are un-American. That that un 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 un-American. Un-American. So, Adrian, give us a thumbs up when you're ready. So to the show for the first time, wait was waiting patiently in the experience acid green room is Adrian Acosta of the Cigar Culture. Thank How's you, it going, Thank man. I uh, really appreciate it. I'm really sorry. I was entertained uh, my kid in trick or treating today, so no, so no, sorry no. for the delay. 
no, no worries. I, you know, when I did, when I didn't see you ahead of time, and I'm like, you know, that I and, and we thought about like, should we even have a Halloween show? And it's like it's Monday. Are people going to be Halloweening on a, a, a Monday? Trick or treating, so, trick or treating, Halloweening. It's Halloweening. <laughs> yeah, Halloweening. Hey, I, I like that term better. It's the uh, it, it it's the same it's the same thing. So, how you doing, Adrian? Can, can you hear us? Yep. How you doing tonight? Very good, man. Can't complain. Just about to enjoy a great cigar with you guys. All right. What are you What are you smoking tonight? Uh, today I'm smoking the 500 HVC. The HVC. Um, they were just talking about that. Um, uh, this past week or this past Saturday. Uh, um, the KMA Talk Radio. Abe. Uh, someone was talking about the uh, the HV the HVC. Great so, cigar. Um, yeah, I had the. Um, I think it was the Black Friday last year. Um, I had that, I had that cigar and, um, um, it was good. I, I remember, I remember enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, can you, can you, can you hear us now? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I remember having that HVC black Friday last year. Um, um, and I think they did, didn't they do two releases last year of the black Friday? Uh, black Friday this year. Uh, I think, I think it's a Robusto. What about last year? Didn't they have two releases of it though? Last year was like a Rochelle, uh, Black Friday, and then uh, five hundred and think something else. Okay, so I know I know David. Uh, um, two guys, you know, he's always always promoting the HVC. You know, uh, he he had sent me some cigars in the past, and he always makes sure he includes a uh, an, an HVC whenever he sends me something. So, um, but other than that, I don't know too much about. Who so who owns because um um you obviously have a brokerage and you you, you broker for HV who owns HVC what is that what is the company's history of that because I I have no idea really uh well it's own it's owned by uh Rainier Lorenzo uh uh Cuban guy he got here in the like fifteen years ago and twelve years ago uh he decided to create a a, a cigar brand and I follow up uh, with him uh, after that and he's been doing. Uh, great things. He has a beautiful line, the Cerros. He has the the Broadleaf, which is really good. He has the 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 Serie A. He has the Selección Especial 2015, 2018. He has a whole bunch of lines. Uh, really boutique oriented. Um, I love his cigars. I love his blending. Uh, majority of his tobacco is coming from Marganosa. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. So, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to look into more of the lineup because I said, you know, when Abe was talking about him Saturday and, and, I, and I remember saying, I'm like, I got to look more into HVC. Like I said, I just don't know. It's one of those companies you see online. Like I said, I knew nothing mm -hmm. about nothing about their lineup other than occasionally I'll smoke one. But I didn't know anything about the uh, about the owner. Um, just like I didn't know anything about you. So, you know, over the last I don't I bet it's been the last year and a half. Every single time I go to an event and I'll sit down with Sokka or whoever, whoever it's there, your name always comes up. Adrian Acosta. Hey, have you, have you ever talked, have you ever had Adrian on the show? And I go, no, I don't, I don't know Adrian, you know, like the cigar culture. And I go, well, I've seen the cigar culture, the post, the, you know, the, the logo. And I'm like, I don't know anything about it, you know? And then like, it, it always, I, I know it was, it's mind boggling every single time for like several events. I'm like, how do I not know Adrian? Like, 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 like everybody, like the manufacturers know who you are, 
But then I would ask like a couple of cigar smokers, I'm like, hey, do you know Adrian Acosta? Is like, am I the only one that, that doesn't <laughs> that that doesn't know this guy? You know, so a few people's like, oh yeah, I know Adrian is a great guy. Other people are like, I have no idea who he is. And I'm like, all right, at least uh, you know, at least I I you know. So the only information I have on you from all the manufacturers, other than you have a brokerage, you sell a ton of cigars, you're like the original cigar influencer um on on instagram you, you created that whole genre from what i hear but uh basically you're born in new york raised in the dr and your dad was an agronomist that's like literally your whole that's what that's all they talk about his dad his dad's brilliant you know and he's like this kid you know b- born in new york goes goes to the dr so um let's i, w- I want to hear your story because i said that every everybody's fascinated by you so i like i need to delve deeper in so Born in New York, raised in DR? So uh, I was born in New York. Uh, when I was four years old, uh, uh, my mom took an early retirement uh, and she went back to the Dominican Republic. Um, and I, I just grew over there and I went to school over there. I went to college over there. And every summer they dumped me in New York with, with a family for vacation. But I, when I was... Uh, uh, Old enough, and I was about to graduate college. I uh, ended up in New York, uh, living again in New York, and then I uh, grew in New York for 14, 15 years, and then moved to Florida. Uh, my dad is in the cigar business. He's a agronomist engineer, uh, specialized in genetics of seed or tobacco. So my dad has like 50 years in the in the business and in the tobacco uh, farming and um, I would say growing aspect of the leaf. In 2012, I decided to learn a little bit more about retail, and I joined the forces in Nash Sherman in New York um, to learn a little bit more about um, the the retail aspect. Because I grew up in the farming and then seeing a lot of manufacturing and touching a lot of tobacco, but I'm missing the big, the big, the bigger uh, uh, puzzle, which is retail and know the consumer. And that was really shocking for me, uh, learning. The different uh, scenarios, different uh, um, consumers that we have in this beautiful industry, uh, different mentality, uh, even even the the, the regions and Nicaraguans and Honduras. I was I was growing Dominican, and I know there was growing tobacco in Nicaragua and Honduras, but I never know what what, what was the whole uh, sorting of difference, and I learned that in retail. And I spend beautiful time with great tobacconists along my side that we create a beautiful family uh, out of the out of the work and, 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 and jobs. And man, I learned a lot. And I was uh, shout out to them because I learned I learned from them from everything from related to tobacco and, and accessories or cigars, I learned in, in retail. Uh, so 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 you were you were there when Michael Herklotz was uh, yes. was there? Yes, uh, uh, Michael was the one to uh, uh, believing my vision and my mission that I have a, as, as soon as I get into that show, I have a plan already because I tell them, listen, I'm missing a big puzzle. I don't know how to sell a cigar. <laughs> and they say, man, you, you know how to define a cigar, how to structure a cigar, but you don't know how to sell it. And that was a big impacting thing to me. And then he gave me the opportunity. He bring me into the Sherman family and then the rest was history. Now, now, had your dad really wanted you to go into agronomy? Did your dad, you know, um, want you to stay into the the tobacco end of the business, or did he just not? 
you know, it's like, hey, just get out of this and go do something and make easier money. <laughs> Man, my, my dad is the he's, he's the one to love my story. He loved my story. Yeah. Because I used to uh, not like, I, I, I don't like to use the word hate, but I used not like to go to the farm when, when I was a kid. Yeah. They take me to the farm when I was like, was it when they ground me when I do something stupid? Uh, <laughs> they bring me to the farm uh, every weekend, and that was the painful. They don't take out anything from me like Nintendo or things like that. No, you can continue, but you go to the farm. That was the biggest punishment for me. I used to not like the farm at all. Mosquito, sun, I don't know. It wasn't <laughs> not my thing. So what, but, what were you? What were you doing? What was your punishment at the farm? Go, go, follow the workers, uh, pick up the leaves. <laughs> Uh, help the ladies sorting the the you know the coolest and the tobacco you know things that I don't was it was not meant for me but uh, I discovered not on the farm but I discovered uh, that the, the craftsman uh, from seed to uh, plant leaf uh, the transformation of the leaf and then the manufacturing the, the aging process and the whole pre-industry process I fell in love with that and always. Uh, it's my it's part of my uh wow from little seed to growing different uh varieties of plants and then varieties of seeds and and have this this is this people don't know how difficult to grow tobacco and to make any blend people people they take advantage they think this they think as a cigar as a as another product no it's really difficult to when when you find a cigar that you enjoy it, you need to appreciate it four times or five times the, the regular appreciation because making a cigar is really different. You know, and, and it's making a cigar for that that doesn't cost $30. You know, when you learn how a cigar is made and you and you and I haven't been to the factories yet, but like I said I, I I know enough from being in the industry what it takes to produce a cigar. And it's like how like when you you'll see a cigar, you know, like like a, a Toro for like five dollars. And, and then it just boggles my, like how, how, how is that cigar, you know, from, from seed to like what you're explaining, <laughs> how is Was that many not, hands touching it? You know, that yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. So, so what, what did you go to college for? Uh, business. Okay. Business so, administration. Okay. So, so I, I had read that, uh, um, somewhere that, and I didn't know what you did. So I'm assuming that's what you did because you worked for the Trump organization or did you work for directly for Donald Trump? So I, I, I know that's a touchy subject nowadays. You know, people, you know, you probably want to hide that information, you know. So uh, but some people are like, no, get out, get out of my shop, you know. So, <laughs> well, so, uh, I have the pleasure to uh, know the Trump family. Uh, I used to work in, in Trump Towers when I came in uh, in 2003, four. To the states, um, I was working uh, outside of the industry. I was working in hospitality. And one of the business was the Trump Towers uh, in Fifth Avenue in New York. Uh, great family, great people. Uh, they helped me out a lot. They introduced me to different people, uh, uh, different levels, and it, it, I, I, I feel that uh, that I always going to be appreciated by the Trump family. They they treat me really good. So, so how long were you with them? Uh, were you, you working for Nat Sherman at the same time? Like Nat Sherman? Oh, so that was just a part-time 
a part-time gig while you're doing your, you know. So a lot of people ask me, uh, ask me, so how you maintain two jobs in like in the same time? Um, it was, it's really simple. Uh, in 2010, they, they, they know me. I started with that 2004. Uh, and they started asking me like, what, what else is your passion? Like, and when they, when they discover that I come from a tobacco family and that I have a certain appreciation about tobacco, I said, man, follow your dream. Like, what exactly what are you trying to pursue in this, in that business, in that industry? I said, man, I don't know. Uh, but I, the first thing that came onto my mind was like trying to educate people about the process before this. And that's what I created the cigar culture movement and trying to talk more about the cigar, the tobacco in the different regions. And I started working in Nash Sherman and then I created a, like a part-time in Nash Sherman. I was working part-time in Nash Sherman for four years, five years. Now, now, did you leave because they shut down? Because I, you know, um, so or did you? Were you? No. Were, okay, so you left before before that. No, I left before um, in 2017. Uh, um, in 2007, I left Nash Sherman and Trump Towers at the same time, same date, May 15, 2015. Okay, and then that's and uh, and and is that when you went to AJ AJ Fernandez? That's when I went to AJ and I uh, started working for AJ. Shout out to AJ Fernandez, great, great, great guy. Yeah, fantastic guy. And uh, um, what uh, you were were you the national sales director? I can't remember what 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 was your role at, at AJ. When when I when I started with AJ, it was really uh, I was fitting many hats. Uh, I was fitting uh, director of sales, and then uh, being the road, and then inside sales. I mean, I was everywhere <laughs> in, in the company. And then uh, I discovered uh, working with AJ, I was going to always going to say uh, thank you for that opportunity because he took me to a lot of places in the United States from the West Coast, Midwest, uh, South, everywhere, and met all these retailers and uh, distributors uh, in, in a different level of uh, retail. It was more as a wholesaler, bigger scales, bigger volume, and give me the opportunity to have another mentality of the business and open my own brokerage after that. Yeah, because that, that's got to be really tough from, you know, well, not tough, you know, um, uh, as a poor choice of words, but definitely different from being on the floor of Nat Sherman selling a cigar than being on the out, on the backside, you know, you know, dealing with the money, the the retailers, the whole, you know, on the wholesale level. So um, that, that's definitely, did, did that open up your eyes like, oh, this is, there's a lot more to this industry than, you know, selling selling cigars you know to to a, a consumer you know um i think um you need certain of retail when you're dealing with volume as well because you think that many many people has the things together in their in their business and they're not they make they they don't they need to understand the big the smaller volume medium volume to understand the, the bigger volume so it's about uh, to understand, appreciate uh, when you're coming from retail because you know the you know their 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 pros and cons. Um, and me coming from a retail high uh, high traffic retail, in order and you need to create different scenarios per day. You know, it's not the same when you, when, a, when a shop visiting you twenty uh, clients a day, and the, the shop that I was in in New York was at least three hundred people a day, different people. Wow. So. Yeah. 
it's, it's like it, it, I was really abroad of any mentality. We got big visitors from around the country, visitors from around the world. It was a really establishment that I, I create the fascinating uh, retail idea, and um, it was really interesting to to cap that. Yeah. Now, now, Kara, I, I know you probably you, you might agree, uh, but uh, if if someone's gonna sell me something, you know, like you know, so as, as a brokerage. I, you know, I definitely respect that person more if I, if I find out they, they worked in retail, they worked on the backside, on the wholesale. Um, I can't tell you how many people will come into, like, you know, I'm a mechanic by, by trade, you know, they'll, they'll try and sell me something and like, that's useless. Have you never done my job before? And I'm like, no, never have. And I'm like, ah, but you're selling me something and you don't know how it works. Um, I, I'm sure that irritates you to no end as well, care, especially in the medical field. Well, it's, I wanted to ask that, that question because, you know, with your vast experience in farming and, and, and even being punished and sent to the farm, <laughs> but you, you learn by default, it'd be like, uh, hey, you got a bad cigar. Well, that was when Adrian got sent down there for punishment. He just was pissed off and picked out the, you know, whatever he did. But um, when you started your brokerage and started brokering, was that common or were there only, I mean, were there a lot, a lot of brokers out there or was it, um, are you kind of uh, one amongst a few? Uh, I was, when I, when, when I, when everything, when I depart from Major Fernandez, um, I have many, op many options uh, to go uh, to different companies. I would say that. I'm not going to mention that, but um, it was more than five, six options. But in my travelings uh, to different scenarios, I was getting alone more of a brokers uh, in, in the territories, uh, in the Midwest, uh, in the South. I was getting more alone with them because mm -hmm. they uh, can manage their time. Of course, um, I, I learned uh, a lot from a, a great friend, now retired from the industry. Um, and he said, man, this is the best job, but you need to love what you do. Uh, and you need to have freedom of time, but remember something: don't get always accommodated because if you don't turn your car, you don't eat. Yeah. So uh, I said, man, you know what? I've been working my ass off for 14 years, having two jobs, no time. I sacrifice a lot of time for my family. Wow. Let me do this. Let me work my ass off for 18, 21 days, and let me do do office work for nine days and that balance around my time and with the family uh, versus no time and work my ass off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I know, I know many brokers and uh, they don't, um, they don't ever see their families. You know, it, they, they are on the road, you know, 25 days a year. They're, they're at home for a couple of days here and there. And like you said, if the wheels aren't turning, they're, they're not, they're not making any money. Yeah. You know, uh, I want to go back for a second. Um, when you're when your kids, uh, your kids, how many kids do you have now? Just just one, two. I have four kids. Uh, oh, you have four uh, kids. Uh, Adriana, she's nineteen. Adrian uh, is fourteen. Uh, Brianna, uh, Gianna is uh, three, and then the small one is a year and a half. Is Adrian girl? Okay. So so when when they when they acted up when they were younger, um, and you punished them, did they ever say? Oh, that's not fair. And they'd be like, Oh, you know what's not fair? Farm. I'm not I'm not sending you to a farm. I'm just I'm just taking your Nintendo away for 
for an hour. Do you, you want to you wanna go to a farm? <laughs> Man, it was, you know what? My dad loved his story. Every time that I'm with him, he said, oh, you know, this guy, he used to hate the farm. He, uh, that was the biggest punishment for him. Don't, don't believe in him. I said, listen, but you know what? Uh, it's a great story. Um, when I was like 15, I was not that young. I was like 15, 16 years old. And my dad is a sweetheart. He don't know. He never uh, like punished me with like he whipped me or something or throw me out or something. Nothing. He just with words. His his punish was with words. He's a smart guy. Um, one day I was like 16 or 15. I can't recall, but it was hot as hell. And he took me to the farm on a Saturday morning, seven o'clock in the morning. And I was acting up. And he said to me, I said to him. Uh, I don't know what you're doing here. What, what do you care about this green leaf, tobacco? I don't care about this, whatever, whatever. And he just looked at me. He just direct look at me. And with an eye, he fucking slapped me, right? And he said, man, he don't know He don't know what to say because he don't know nothing better than tobacco. So his way to uh, ground me was over tobacco, explain me about how important it is to grow this, this tobacco plant to feed us. Right. As a family. And one, I'm going to rephrase it. He said to me, whatever the, wh whoever uh, follow this procedure, like use your own seed, harvest your, uh, crop your own tobacco, do the whole process, uh, curing, fermentation, aging process, and produce your own cigars, always going to have great smokes. Those who are not unaware of these procedures uh, would never know what they have. But for some reason, at the age of 16, that quote leaving me for years to now. And if I, I, I respond to him back then, like, what do you have to do what I just say? I mean, it's nothing to do what I just say. I, I hate the farm. I said, whatever industry you follow into, you need to investigate from the ground. If you don't know what you what you putting your business into or your money, you're gonna know you're gonna not read nobody. So it ended up that everywhere that I go, I try to be uh, really uh, work hard, investigate what I'm doing, and not just sell a product because I'm selling it. I need to believe in the product, um, and that's the question for Kurt to answer that. Uh, all those, all the, all the, all the brands that I represent, I believe, I know for a fact what they what they getting the the stuff. Um, I believe in the in their in their concept. Um in their brands, I'm talking about myself. I, I need to feel identified because it's one thing that I cannot bullshit. I can bullshit by some a lot of things in the world, but not on tobacco, not in cigars. Yeah, I I, I agree. You know, I, I hear it uh, a lot. Um on on like you know, for me, I'll I'll you know Drew Estate, you know, like so we got Corona. You know, uh, you know, uh, Dunbarton. You know, we, we've got partners. H. You know, um, 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 uh, J. C. Newman. People always like, oh, do do you really like those cigars, or do you, you know, do they just pay you? You know, especially like on Instagram, I'll be smoking a cigar. You know, and, and a friend or someone will be like, oh, you know, you're only smoking that because you got paid. And I'm like, if I could show you the list of <laughs> cigar manufacturers that I, you know, I have not taken money from or refused because I don't like their cigars or they don't. Like, you know, not that they make bad cigars, they just don't, you know, resonate with me, either something with their company or their, you know, the palate just doesn't hit me right. You know, so if, you know, same thing with you, I'm, I'm not going to bullshit on, on tobacco. 
you know, I know we, we have a platform. So if I'm smoking a cigar or if I'm promoting a cigar, you know that I truly believe, you know, in, in that cigar. Cause I said, you know, you, you only get one chance you get busted, mm-hmm. you know, you know, saying, Oh, you know, on a hot mic or something. Yeah. That cigar sucks, but they pay me a shit ton of money to promote it. You know, your, your career is over. Yeah. You know, so but yeah, look at, that, can, look at that list compared to the pile of uh, cigar bands that you smoke through. Oh right? yeah, I mean it, yeah. it's it's it the, that that's where the proof is. That 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 that's it. So, um, so so you go into the brokerage. Um, at that point, uh, uh, you're living in Florida, correct? Yep. So, um, you know, did you know what? How hard was it to gain clients? You know, was it, you know, just, it was something pretty easy or, or what, you know, was there any clients that you really wanted you couldn't get or? It was, uh, in the beginning, it was really difficult. Um, it was really, really difficult. I always said uh, I was eating bagels and, and snapples for, for a bit. Um, <laughs> it was really, uh, it, it, it was really, but uh, I think the, the most interesting part for me was to getting to know the, uh, the the retailers and know their side. I always say, even to Brent, uh, my 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 partners are the retailers. That's uh that's my that's my family. That's where they would make business every day. Uh, brands they can come and go, uh, but the retailers and maintaining the relationship with them and and, and be honest and stick with the deal is always be. Uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of that word. And, but it was really difficult in the beginning, man. Um, really, I would say the first year. Yeah, I, I don't want to remember the first year. Just a whirlwind of being on the road and pounding the pavement. Not, not, not only that, because I was visiting 10, 12. It was, I, was, I was working, trying to get it done, trying to make it real, trying try to make it work. I was visiting 10 to 12 shops a day. Uh, Either uh, you can ask people or my brands that I have for four years or three years already. Um, I was it was midnight. I was still working at the road. I was calling. Hey, you, you still open? I go. I want to go see you now. Wow. And, so, uh, so, I'm glad. I'm sorry. It was it was really hard. I mean, it was from ten o'clock in the morning all the way to midnight, one o'clock, making events and things like that, trying to get it done and. Trying to make a reorder. I remember the first impacting thing was when it was when I sell uh, on my brokerage with brands that nobody knows. And people, I remember that day when that was my first visit. It was to a Indian guy, and he said to me, "Okay, what brands do you have?" Okay, so I tell him I have this and this and that, and he take me this brand, and, and he said, "Okay, uh, give me ten boxes of that." For me, that was like, "Oh my god." I break, I, I break the cookie already. Ten boxes <laughs> you're gonna buy from me? Oh my God! Thank you so much. I, I don't can't remember how many things for free I give him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to ask you because you said it about you know the the uh, your your retailers or your your family, and and obviously with all your experience and and all that hard work that first year, what makes a good retail partner? Uh, I'm sorry, can we, uh, a good retail? Yeah, what what makes a good retail partner? You know, when, when you talk about the, oh, the, yeah, the no, retail uh, partners being your family, what makes a good retail partner where it's a sustainable business? Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, question. Uh, I think it's not the buy-in 
is just he understand what you can do for him and what he can do for you. It's a it's a two-way street of understanding. Uh okay, what you think that brand can move at my store? And you have to be honest, true that that one I want to make a yes one sale, or I just want to keep entertaining this guy for one month, or keep a relationship that he can and anything that I can throw uh to this specific retailer he's gonna buy because i he knows it i i know he's gonna move in that store so i prefer the option number two which is a long time relationship and trying to be honest and sometimes i'll be i, I go to a store and you visit a friend and i say listen i have this and this and that oh yeah i want to move that i said bro that's that's not for you i think you're not gonna you can sell that here to be honest with you Mm -hmm. you really you think as a man you cannot sell $50 cigar here your your demographic is from 10 to 20 oh but I want to spend the cigars yeah but you need to go with a, something more more renowned of, of other brands but not this one here this one is still in the process it's really expensive but it's still in the process to get known people people are going to choose what 40 or $50 cigar and they're going to choose a really known one and and, that, so, and that's what and that's what makes you you know because the next time you come in and you know you have a cigar and you tell him hey I think this cigar would really do well here you know I'm sure he's remembering he's like yeah you know well, I I trust you you know you talked me out of a fifty dollar cigar thirty dollar cigar you know if, if you think this eight dollar ten dollar cigar will do well you know I'll 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 trust you on that and that's and that goes back to your mm -hmm. you know your retail roots and then of just knowing knowing the clientele. And, and I think uh, the first thing that you need to know is uh, first is knowing the inventory <laughs> that, 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 that that retailer has in that store. You need to know the, the inventory. You need to identify. You need to ask simple questions. Oh, that's all you have here, or you have another another storage uh, type of thing. So it's it's a lot of tricky questions when you ask a retailer uh, when you see the movement uh, and. Every time that I go to a place, I, I try to investigate as much as I can uh, to not lose um, track of any conversation on the on, on the specific retailer. It's a lot of things to get involved in a, in a conversation. Sometimes I, I got I got lucky. Now I go to cigar shops that I we don't we don't talk business. We just talk about life and family and what you what you do over the weekend. And and lastly, you say, oh, I send you the I send you the order later, you know. Yes, about yeah. the relationship, the friendship. You know, I I've seen that with good brokers that I, I've been in lounges with friends of mine. You know, that are brokers that are like, hey, I got to go to this shop near you. You want to meet me there for a cigar? I'll get there before they do, and you know, they'll, they'll come in and they never talk about cigars. You know, it's just how are your kids doing? How's your mom doing? You know, and then same thing. You know, like you know, like like my friend Heather's broker. You know, just go in, kind of look around, like. Hey, you need a couple things. Same thing. I'll just, I'll send you an invoice later. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't, you know, don't worry about it. You know, you don't, you know, you never overstock us. You never understock, you know, so that, that's a, that's definitely a good relationship to have. Yeah. That, that's the fun part. Uh, I think the most serious part is when you ask him for a specific uh, things like, okay, what do you need for me? Uh, you need a, you need an event. What type of event? Uh, what do you need from me? Like, well, you need to get more people hand on hand. So let's create a raffle. Let's, let's create this. We're trying to always be in, in um, trying to create different different scenarios. It's a different scenario. So that's the way I put it. 
And the most important thing is about the people. It's about the. It's about cigar enthusiastic. It's not about really a brand. I always said the cigar is a compliment of the moment. Yeah. Oh, for 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 sure. And then and then you get the you know, and, and I'm sure you have you know there's many times you got to look through the bull crap because cigar because care you, you used to visit hundreds of cigar lounges. The the brand owners or the lounge owners they always want to tell you they're doing better than they are. You know I I've had I've you know I've been to those shops. Oh, we're doing so well. We're selling tons of this. You look, you know, it's like, no, no, you're not, you know, just, you know, you gotta be, I'm sure with you, they, they gotta be honest with you. You know, it's like, I can't help you if you're not honest with me on what you're selling and what your, you know, your clientele really is. Yeah. But uh, it's, uh, it's, I really appreciate people uh, now and I, I know how to translate now uh, a no and the early stage of the conversation. And I don't waste a lot of time when it's no <laughs> in the beginning. Like, it's no. And I, I don't need to waste two hours and a half smoking a cigar. So you can decide, man, Adrian, I appreciate you, but I don't think this cigar would fly here. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. You know, and then do, do you get do you get a lot of calls from, like, smaller shops? I know it's like vape shops. You know, they're, they're, they're big into, you know, bringing in cigars now. Um, do you, ha- you know, well, well, I mean, will you work with anybody or have you gone into some shops where, like, listen, this is just a little too small. You know, I don't think, you know, I don't think maybe we can help you. Yeah. I, uh, my business structure is work more with brick and mortar, uh, regular tobacconists, uh, lounges okay. than uh, vape or smoke shops. Uh, you need to put a lot of effort in. They is more, I send an education thing for them because it's uh, for them. They make more money selling the other stuff than cigars. It's a slow process. So, uh, selling cigars is more education than you think uh for me selling a cigar is i'm not a clerk i wish i could be a clerk yeah and so hey here put this over here and sell it for how much you know like this no i I think uh it's more than that uh you need to educate for every cigar that uh that you sell at least tell him like 10 seconds or something Uh, tell him something tell that consumer what yeah, that cigar is good. It's from Nicaragua. It's from Dominican Republic. It's from Honduras. Tell him something, because people just see the see the see see the the bands or the box or their price or the whatever, and they just go, but they don't have any information. And I think what we're missing in this industry is about information, like a lot of information. More information is more power for us. You know, that, that's it. And, I, and uh, um, you, you hit the nail on the head because even just the last couple of years, like I haven't been doing this for, for, you know, a real long time, you know, maybe like six, seven years now, like really die hard into the community, uh, into the community. And even I've seen it in my travels now that there's not a lot of tobacconists anymore. There's not a lot of people that know cigars, you know, someone will come in new and a tobacconist doesn't know how to have that conversation anymore. You know, are, are you seeing that as well to where that's becoming more prevalent to people just don't know what they're doing in the cigar lounges? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, I see a lot of a lot of that, but I think it's growing the tobacconists around the, around the country. They, they, they wanted to know more uh, to be a what what is what is mean to a tobacconist like people need they need the consumer. They need to know. When they coming in, they they work into a tobacconist or a retail clerky store. Yeah. The how how the consumer identify they're going to a, a real expertise. They they can listen. I'm looking for a mild cigar, but with a 
a difference in mile cigar, and that guy showed him 15 mile cigars, not only one. Or the first cigar that he saw, yeah, grab this one and, and pay. No, uh, we're giving options. Or you know what? How about you? You love medium cigars, like medium full body cigars, and strength or flavor. Like it's two, it's two different bodies, like two different words. We're missing that. Uh, we're missing a lot of that in the retail stores. Uh, and I always encourage people to know, to investigate more, to read more. Um, it's, it's really painful, but I think we we we're getting better uh, over the years. Yeah, you know, um, I, I tell people it, it's the same as when you go into a tire shop, you know, don't ever ask, hey, what's the best tire for my cigar or for my car? <laughs> well, you're going to get the one that's either on sale or they have too much inventory of, and you know, you're, you're just, you're going to get what you not need. You need to do your research, you know, same yeah. with cigars, same with a lot of things, you know, just, you know, alcohol, if you're a whiskey guy, you know, if you go in like, Hey, what's the best whiskey? And it's the one that's got dust on the bottle and they don't sell anything. And they're like, Hey, this one, this is the best. And then just by coincidence, it's on sale this week. Um, so this will <laughs> be the best one for you. So that's why I tell people, you got to do your research on cigars. You know, it's a, yeah. I mean, Hopefully you have a local tobacconist near you, you know, that really knows cigars, you know, that can point you in the right direction and ask lots of questions. But if, if you get a re if you get a retailer just hands you a cigar, like you said, this, oh, you like mild, this is mild. That's it. And then yeah, go, go. That's it. Or, that, or that, sit down in your corner. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down in the corner, ha have your, have your Dr. Pepper and then yeah. and that, and that's it, you know, so <laughs> Um, that that's never that's never good. So yeah, I don't know what's worse, that or the guy who just sits behind the counter and goes, "Yeah, let me know if you need anything." Oh yeah, they're on the phone. All right, yeah, have, have fun yeah. there. Well, 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 that or or you either get that they just tell you, "Let me know if you need anything," or the guys that hover over you, you know, that over your shoulder. Yeah. you know, it's like get away from me. Yeah, you know, could, uh, it's just you know, you I tell you know, you I don't want for lunch. Yeah, that, that that that's it. So, um, but yeah, it's a uh, um. I, I'm hoping more of the young people coming up into the industry, into the retailers, you know, they're, they're wanting to learn more about cigar and become a real tobacconist, you know, and, and all, you know, everybody just thinks, you know, I had, I had a buddy of mine that, that went through like the tobacconist, like the, the online class to become a, a, a tobacconist and learn about tobacco. And I'm like, you really need to get into a store, you know, like, like you were, and you need to learn about people, you know, it's not just learning about, the cigars learning those questions what are those questions that are going to help you decide you know what 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 cigar to smoke do you have like one a question or two that you'll ask somebody you know that'll help you define you know kind of where they're going to go with cigars when people ask me or i tell them yeah no, like when people ask you you know like say, say hey adrian what should i smoke what are what do you ask them in return like what are a couple questions for me, I think of myself. I don't think of somebody else. I don't replicate uh, words from another another tobacconist or another sales guy. Uh, for, I think of myself. For me, cigars are cigars. But for me, time is really appreciation. Time. I'm going to spend one hour, 50 minutes, 45 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever the size of the cigars. For me, time is gold. Okay, so when I go to a cigar shop and the guy walked me into the to the humidor and look at my face, hey, what can I do for you? I said, uh, I think this is what I'm thinking. Well, not much. 
right? <laughs> Can't do yeah. much with me, but come on, entertain my idea. I'm stressed. I want to calm down. I just want to relax. I just give me a nice cigar. The guy asked me, you want to smoke a great cigar? I said, uh, sure. <laughs> and he hand me a cigar, no band. I was like, oh, God. Thank you. Okay, how much is it? Stand out here. I let it up and for surprise me. Oh my God, I love the cigar. That's one scenario. It's the number number two. It's like, what can I do for you? I said, uh, well, looking for a great cigar. I don't know, Dominican, Nicaragua, maybe two or three. Sure, I have this one special. <laughs> eh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell me, I like I, when I when I refer cigars to a lot of other people. I ask like, okay, what are you what are you in the mood for? You a cigar smoker? Cigar smokers will smoke mild, medium, medium to full, full bodies, dynamites, bombs, anything. Uh, maybe that day, that time, that that hour, I want to smoke a medium cigar. Maybe a Dominican. Maybe a specific brand. And I asked him, I said, maybe uh, I feel like a medium right now. Maybe Dominican. And the guy had me a Nicaraguan one. I said, this is Nicaraguan. He said, how do you know that? I said, man, just, this is like Florida Americana, man. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. So uh, I, I think is I always refer, I, I always ask, what do you have to move for? And the guy asked me, well, I smoke this and this and that. Oh, you smoke that? Here. I put out my tray and I give him five options and I explain every cigar. When a guy do that to me, I buy the five cigars. Yeah. W w without it, I'm, I'm the same, I'm the same way. You know, I'm, I mean, I know cigars, but when, when I, I'm in a, a retail establishment, you know, and, and when we're traveling, Jessica and I all the time, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk. We don't, we don't say, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm in the cigar industry. I know what I want. We always try and, you know, goad them into a conversation <clears throat> like what do you yeah. recommend like what what do you we always say, what are you smoking what are you digging on lately <laughs> you know and then that's when you know you always see a smile on their face when you when you ask what the retailer is smoking and then they'll be like you know what i've really been enjoying like this cigar and even if it's one i haven't had in a long time I'm like you know what you're liking it i'm i'm gonna smoke that you know i'll, I'll take your i'll take your word for it to, to end the subject Every when I go out to, for a tobacconist uh, that I know forever or clients or whatever that I know they really passionate and they know tobacco and they express tobacco and they breathe tobacco. When I go into the humidor to see the cigars that I'm representing, I say, "Man, what do you what are you smoking? What is hot lately?" And the guy do this. They always do the same thing. Bro, you tried this one over here? <laughs> I say, "Yeah, all right, give me that one. Give me that one. I know it's good. Give me that one. Let me try." That, that, that's it. Yeah. Give, give, give me, give me one of those for, for sure. And well, then, I, think, and then, I, I think that lost art though, and in, in sales, good salespeople in general ask lots of questions and listen. Yeah. They don't, they don't talk a lot. And that's what, if, if you're engaging someone asking them, there's a problem. Good salespeople will ask you questions, shut up and listen. And that's really where, you know, like for me, when I go into a humidor and someone is asking me questions about what I like, what I don't like, like you said, Adrian, what am I in the mood for? You know, are you looking for a quick smoke? Are you looking for a long smoke? When they're asking me questions, they're taking this broad spectrum, which is the humidor, 
and they're slowly weaning it down to take me to a number of cigars that may be something I'm looking for. And that's, I appreciate that the most because that tells me that they're interested in what I want and what I'm looking for and what, and what my palate likes versus what they want to sell. You know, if someone's talking to you the whole time and this is great and this is on sale and this is this, that's what I'm like. Oh, thanks for your help. I'll, I'll, I'll be good. But if someone's engaging me and asking me questions and truly listening to me, that tells me that they're going to point me in a direction of a cigar that either has been on the shelf for a while and I've never tried or maybe something new. That, that's, that is a, that's a big part of listening. A lot of people, uh, you have a lot of consumers. They don't like, they don't like to listen. They just go, they just go to the, they just go to the, yeah, give me my brand. Uh, how about this, sir? This is really good. It's really good. No, no, I don't smoke that. It's crap. So, you have a lot of things that you need to uh, fight. It's a lot of a lot of wars in the humidors. Well, and, and, and it's and it, you know, and and it's and it's after and it's after the fact. You know, um, I remember Jessica and I were in. I can't remember the name of the shop, and it was somewhere in Tennessee or Kentucky. Um, had gone in. Uh, she she got a, um, a Jessica's loves boutiques unbanded. You know, if they've got like a jar full of unbanded cigars, that's what she loves. She's like, oh, give me one of those. I want to always try something new and. I remember, you know, get, you know, I don't know what the cigar was and I took it, I took his suggestion. I uh, took it, we went down and smoked and it was a few minutes later, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, whatever it was. And the guy comes up and he goes, you're really not liking that cigar, are you? And I'm like, no, no, I'm like, it, it, it's fine. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. I don't want to admit that, that I wasn't digging on it. And then remember like 10 minutes later, he comes back out with another cigar and he puts it down and he takes that one out of the ashtray that I'm smoking. And he goes, no, you know what? This was my suggestion, you know, and he just took the cigar away and gave me another one. He goes, I'm not, you know, this one's free. The one he handed me. And, um, and, and I thought that that was a, um, a great, a great tobacconist right there. It's not only, you know, paying attention to what I wanted, you know, it's something that, you know, it was a response. He could tell that I, he could tell that I wasn't liking that cigar and, you know, he took the onus and he's like, listen, I maybe recommended a, a cigar that wasn't his palate. Maybe we didn't have a good enough conversation. And um, I remember leaving that shop with like a half a dozen cigars. A cigar you know, empath. More, more, you know uh, that's what, you know, it was like, <laughs> I remember being so impressed with that. And it's like yeah. this guy, you know, he takes his job seriously, you know, as, as a tobacconist. Because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, he sold me a crap cigar, you know, it's just and they, they just leave unhappy. Maybe they don't go back in again. Maybe they go back in next time and be like, ah, oh, make sure I stay away. You know, maybe I won't listen to that guy anymore because he didn't know what he was talking about. But if I went back in that shop, I would have definitely asked that guy again, maybe had mm-hmm. a better conversation. And, you know, but I, I remember that just blowing me away. It's not just your job doesn't doesn't end when he pays for that cigar. I have two questions, one for you, Kev, and one for you, Kurt. Kevin, Cigar yeah. Prop. I like that name. Yeah. How do you came up with that name? So when Jessica and I were, were coming out with um I was making like the little cigar holders, uh-huh. you know, these little tiny these little tiny cigar rests. And we were we were Googling, we were trying to come up with a company name and what to call it. Because you can't just call it a cigar rest. That's what everybody calls it. You know, so we're cigar holders, cigar rests, you know, all these different names, and we whittled them down to like a dozen different names. 
and then you know we checked make sure that name was available you know because you got to have i'm a big you know if your name is your website name you better own that name on twitter instagram whatever across the board because we've all had those companies you know hey i you know it's i'm amandola cigars online but i'm this on instagram i'm this on facebook i'm this on tiktok because i don't own the names across the board so we came across you know cigar prop it props up your cigar so we started looking you know the name was available across all the platforms you know and then i'm like all right so we we decided on uh, cigar prop and then i'm like you know our tagline make sure you give your cigars the prop they deserve and that is what we're known for like just that tagline we get i get it everywhere you know so we go so it was just trying to find a, a catchy unique name that was also available. You know, I knew then social media was big, you know, so you gotta, you know, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be all over. So now when I, when I'm being interviewed by somewhere, by someone and they go, Hey, tell everybody how they can find you. I'm like cigar prop. That's it. Everywhere. Cigar prop. You don't have to look for me anywhere else. Okay. Uh, Kurt, uh, stone you roll cigars. Are you, you in the road a lot? (laughs) Um, I was, <laughs> um, the, the name came from, um, early on with, uh, with my travels, uh, several years ago for, for my, my day job, I, I traveled a lot. So I would, um, you know, I, I don't golf, I don't go to strip clubs. I don't go to bars. I go to cigar lounges. So, um, I would visit cigar lounges, um, everywhere I traveled. And, um, I had a show many, many moons ago. And I would do cigar shop reviews. When everybody's doing cigar reviews, I'd do cigar shop reviews. And I always rated them based off of location, selection, and staff. Location will get you there. The selection will get you to buy. But the staff will get you to stay and keep coming back. And um, a couple of years ago, I wanted to come out with uh, a cigar um, based off of kind of what I've been viewing in all the different uh, humidors I've visited. And um, I came out with a name, as Kevin said, you know, you're looking for a name. And unfortunately, uh, the name that I had selected, I had gotten a cease and desist almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, I didn't do my due diligence like uh, Kevin Shahan, but... Um, uh, I had to I confess think- something. I don't recall another industry that got more cease and desist than the industry that we had that we in. Oh my God! Every every other week, I jump into another system. This system, one guy to another one. It's incredible. It, what was funny is when I got the letter, I was like, you know what? I respect the company. They've been around a long time, and I get what they're saying. And I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't overly upset about it. I was a little pissy about it, you know, because I had I had built the El Viajante um, as the name, uh, you know, the show and such because it's the traveler. And that's what I did. Uh, but I understood, you know, where they were coming from. So I, I said, you know what? I still, the, the name of, of the blends were going to be the Stogie Road Diaries, you know, was it the, the different cigars I was going to come out with. So I just went with Stogie Road Cigars uh, because that was already a part of it. Yeah, but, but, it's crazy. Uh... It is. But you mentioned, you mentioned the cease and desist. I don't understand how people, you know, uh, and, and Carol, I said, you know, and your name was, you know, it, it wasn't similar to that other company. So, I mean, you had, you had ground on that, 
but there are so many cigar companies that come out with a new cigar and it's just like how did you not just google that you know how did you not just a simple keyword search you don't even have to go to the trademark office you just have to google a cigar and then find out you know I mean, yeah, it, it was a cigar 10 years ago, 12 years ago, you know, it's incredible. you it's know, incredible. just go, yeah, go to cigar coop, go to half wheel, go to Boston, Jimmy Stogie press, and then just look in their search history, you know, for that name, you know, to see if I, I, this is serious. I, I always uh, encourage small companies, small guys that are trying to make it in the industry, or make, making my cigar, making my line of cigars and things like that. I said, follow up your dream. But be, be careful that you don't wake up in a nightmare. Investigate. Uh, if you want to invest $25,000, $30,000, dollars in one shot, invest twenty-five or twenty and get a, a nice lawyer and investigate what you what industry you're getting into. Because they I, I they have it's already people that they they lucrative, uh, they they making money out of those all this system the system. Let me tell you right now. A lot of people. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't see how people can put fifty, a hundred, two hundred fifty grand in a, in a company and they don't investigate about a name so easy. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. lucky enough when I got mine. I, I, did, I was not going to get into a pissing match that early on, and I was like, okay, still early on, I could shift and 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 I can tell you from then that point moving forward. And the company that sent me the letter, I didn't even think about. It was it's another boutique company, but I didn't even I wasn't even thinking about them at the time, to be honest with you. And like Kevin said, it was like it's kind of similar, but it wasn't even on the radar. And um, <clears throat> from that point moving forward, it's like okay, well, Stuggy Road cigars, no one else has got it. Trademark, <laughs> I'm trademarking that motherfucker. Yeah, um, you know, I come out, I come out with the cigar, the Sweetgrass Gringo. No one has that name. I'm trademarking that motherfucker. You know, it's it's it, and it, it almost gets to the point where you you have to just pay, you know, several hundred bucks just to trademark something just to protect your own ass because there's always someone who's coming up behind who's going to try and copy. Oh, exactly. You look at Dave Garofalo, two guys. I forget what he said. Like he owns hundreds of trademarks. You know, and uh, you know, it, it, and, and and those are. I said that's easy. You know, uh, was it TDSR.com, whatever, the trademark office? Got a little keyword search and just yeah. look. You can see if they're active, if they're dead. Even if they're dead trademarks, I tell people they're off limits, you know, because even if they're dead, you know, it, you, you never know. You never you never know what's someone going who, to. Someone who may own the rights that may get a bug up their ass and decide that if they can make a couple of bucks off of it, they will. And, I mean, even when I got my letter, I was like, to, to, to and, and what a lot of people don't realize is the translations. You may pick a name and say, "Well, I'm going to call it, you know, um, this name," but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to release my cigar and 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 put it in German. Still covered in trademark because it's yeah. still it's still a trans it's translated you know name. It, it's it's still used. It's still used by another company. It's just used in a different language, but if it trans, if you're trying to translate words and beat the system, you're not going to. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And then, and then speaking about brands, so so um um, which brands do you represent under uh, um uh, on your your brokerage? I have United Cigars. Speaking about Garofalo. Oh, okay. Oh, United. I didn't know that. Okay. I have United. I have HBC, Adventura, Blackbird, Matilde Cigars. 
Now, now, M M Matilde, that's another one. Tell me about that. Um, uh, I have a couple that I've I got a, a lot. I I see it in my in my humidor, and like I'll pick it up. Like Matilde, I don't know anything about it, so I don't know why I don't smoke it. I'll, I'll put it down. I just don't feel that connection. What is uh? What's the story behind Matilde? Man, Matilde is uh, owned by Enrique Cejas. He's a son of uh, Jose Cejas, one of the pioneers in tobacco in the Dominican Republic. Jose Cejas used to run the uh, Tabacalera de Garcia uh, in the Dominican Republic, one of the biggest factories in, in the art with like all Tadis make the cigars. And uh, in 2000, I mean, uh, Enrique was like, he grew up in the industry as well. And I know Enrique for years, he's a friend. And uh, in 2014, I think he launched Matilde. And then he's been steady, uh, kind of lost his factory in 2017, I believe, or for 16. And then he, uh, making cigars with uh, Jochi Blanco in Tabacalera Isla now. Uh, the Tabacalera Isla, by, owned by Oscar Fernandez, uh, is uh, where he made the exclusive, like, like, the, like the limiteds. And the regular line, he made it with Jochi Blanco in the Dominican Republic. Great, okay. great, great, uh, great cigars, great guy. How are you doing with uh, um, with Adventura since the uh, um, since the factory caught fire? Um, do you have? I mean, did they? Do you have a supply of cigars? Is that something you're getting asked a lot? You know, what's my inventory level going to be like? We have a, a, a healthy inventory. I would say uh, to last uh, about sixty more days. Uh, but after the fire, people buy really big quantities. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I was joking with Henderson the other night. I was talking to him. Uh, and I said, man, sounds horrible what I'm going to say, but wow, what that fire make us, you know, like, uh, it, it's, it's really sad uh, when a brand is really doing this and then trying to jump into the next level, which is Aventura making great moves. I mean, from, uh, put it this way. Aventura is born, like, people start recognizing Aventura in 2019, late 2019, 2020, and then boom, in 2021, great work. And then this year, the 2022, was amazing. I was, I was in May, I was already in the numbers of the whole year in 2021. Wow. So I was killing it, and I'm still killing it. I'm still reaching the biggest numbers. And, um, Boom, this happened, but this is people say, Oh my god, I'm so sorry for the brand. I, like we die. No. I mean, this kid, man, man, this guy. Now you will know what he has in, in, in his hand and his heart. Because this guy is not sleeping. He's making great moves. Growing tobacco since last year, he has a tremendous amount of tobacco. He has a great connection around the world with tobacco companies and tobacco growers. Uh, the great support from the industry in, in, with this uh, accident in the, in the factory, man, I think this fire is only going to make a better uh, Ventura brand. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I, I find it funny because I was one of those people until Henderson came on the scene and I started learning about him. You know, and then I found out, you know, like his dad, you know, ha has been in this industry forever. And I'm like, how have I never heard of his dad, you know, before he came up? And like, <laughs> then, then you talk with other, you know, cigar manufacturers and it's like, yeah, we've been been dealing with dad for 30 years, 20 years, whatever, you know, his, his dad's the real brains behind the opera, you know, whatever, you know. And uh, 
but yeah, then you start learning more about his dad. It's, just, it's amazing. You know, you know, Kev, um, it's different people in, in all the industries. Uh, for example, you never know. You're never going to see my dad wanted to be in, in a magazine in the, in the first page of the magazine. <laughs> this is my dad. Yeah, you're never gonna see William Ventura trying to make it in a in a in a in a in a in a, in a what do you call him in a in a propaganda like an advertising with his face smoking a cigar. Never, yeah. they don't like they don't like that. They yeah. don't like that. They don't they they hate that ego. They don't have that ego. They they only know how to make great cigars and how to enjoy life. That's all. That's it. And that's, and that's, and that's all they, they want. And that's all they want. They don't want anything else. They don't want, you know, a picture. No. They just, they just want to work 18 hours a day, you know, and smoke a dozen cigars a day. And that's all, all they want. They're, 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 they're happy. They want, that. they want, I'm sorry. They want to create great experiences. They don't, yeah. they don't like the cameras. They don't, they don't like the flashlights. They don't, they don't like that. Um, I think I remember. I, this is not news, but uh, the company that, that my dad used to work. I think they, they, they forced them, so he can make it in a video, like legally, for legally forced him. Yeah. Uh, say, <laughs> say, bro, you work for us. You need to do this. Yeah. You know, uh, but they don't like that, and they they have so much uh, pride in what they do that they they don't need to be in cameras. Yeah. Yeah, they, they 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 don't they don't need to be at all. And and speaking of Henderson, didn't you? I know we we had chatted, you know, uh, before about a month ago. Didn't you have a cigar that was supposed to be coming out with Henderson for cigar culture? Yes. So so all what? boxes and rings are gone in the fire. Ah. Uh. So did did they did they start the the you know. Um, the cigar rolling? Did they have the tobacco or, you know... Um, no, we, we produced the cigars a long time ago. Oh, did you? Okay. We, we produced the cigars back early uh, early 2022, like in February, March. So so did, the, did those cigars, are they somewhere? Are they, you know, did they survive or... But you, you know, in, in factory, the way they work is um, is by, um, by progression in manufacturing and uh, packaging and go out, right? So uh, my cigar is supposed to be in the states by now, like to, today. To now. Yeah. Uh, last Friday was the twenty-seven, right? Twenty-eight. Yep. Twenty-eight. Yep. On the twenty-eight, they were supposed to be arriving. We have we have all the planification, all the all the. You remember September when I was talking to you about the releases and all that videos yeah, yeah. and everything. So we have the whole calendar full of uh, expectations, and then boom, uh, the fire uh, happened. Uh, because of the humidor in the Dominican Republic uh, has a lot of it's a, it's a it's not super big, but it's a really good amount. But when you're making 15, 12,000 cigars a day, it can get little uh, day by day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my cigars went over there until September twentieth. I, I believe so. And they went already to go packaging, but it was like two other projects after that. It was like the inter-tobacco packaging uh, cigars go first, and it was, it was my project. So they sent my cigars to the whole factory for a storage purposes. And they only left like, uh, I believe, 8,000 that they sold in, uh, in Europe. 
to be packaging and sold to Europe for uh, in, in so that shipment is gone, it's, it's, it's in, in ashes. So, but we have the remaining cigars in the old factory, but we don't have uh, boxes or rings. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a tough one. So, so how how far back does that push you now? Uh, knowing the culture behind it <laughs> and the precise in the industry that we're living, I would say six or eight to a year. Maybe next year we want to release it. You know, maybe that. You know, the thing is that the rings, they come from Asia. So uh, they metal. It's going to be metal, like the King's Gold. King's, the King's oh, Girl is how metal. awesome is that? Mm. So, uh, you know, like four months, five months to receive the boxes. And then, yeah, like three or four projects be, uh, after me. And then they put me, they're going to put the little guy behind. And then the me and then the hustle to bring it to the States. Uh, six months, seven months, eight months. You know, I mean, and and I understand, like I said, you know, they've got to produce their cigars. They got to get their cigars out there, you know, when they're rolling hundreds of thousands for them. And here you are, 10, 12, 15,000 cigars. You're like, yeah, it's a, you're going to, you're going to get pushed back uh, on on the back burner. You know, plus the first run was like 60,000 cigars. Well, you said that you had to enter tobacco cigars were, were, are gone. They probably got to fulfill that first, right? That is correct. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the good standard is that my cigars are already made. Right. Like, yeah. 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 It's just getting the boxes and the and the bands and everything, and prioritizing an order that's that's already gone. Yeah. It's got, that's that probably sets the U.S. market back some. Yeah, that's. Uh, um, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, obviously, I mean, I know Steve Saka had said it on on a, a interview or live he was doing. He goes, "That's." The biggest fear, fire out of everything. It's not it's not theft, it's not employee turnover, it is fire. That is the biggest you know, but uh we cry for a week so that the fire happens on Monday. We cry Monday, we cry Tuesday, we cry Wednesday, we cry Thursday, we cry half a day Friday. Around three o'clock on Friday, he called me. I said, What do you want? And I saw him in a nice mood. I said, "What do you want first? The good news or the bad news?" I said, "Bro, at this point, give me the, give me the, <laughs> give me anything right now." And uh, he said, "Bro, uh, yeah, the shipment for um, for Europe on the Chancellor is gone." I said, "What do you mean the shipment for? I don't understand." I said, "Man, because the production it was ready for packaging in three weeks. They they move, we moved the cigars to the old factories, and we have uh, the, the the rest of the other cigars." But we the all the boxes and rings are gone and stickers and everything. So that's the good news. I said, "Oh shit, this is nice." Yeah. So God, I mean, just wow. a, a, yeah, I know, absolutely brutal. God bless. Um, yeah, but but you've you've done a, you've done a couple other collaborations. Um, your first one was the uh, um, uh, the number three. Can you tell us a little bit about that that cigar? Because I I saw the cigar online. But I didn't know like like who produced that cigar for you or anything really Man, about that cigar. It, it's one of the great stories, and I think uh, everybody uh, when they have that little like a small flame in your heart, just look for the gas to light it up because the spark to light something really fun stuff and 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 a, and a really interesting stuff you don't know until you light it up and you bring a bigger flame. So. Um, the culture blend number three happens in the in the most odd ways, odd situations, in the odd year in 2020 when everybody was sitting down and don't know what to do. 
That's exactly what the point. So in 2016, I inherit by uh, force some tobaccos by force. Okay. <laughs> and the guy, he tell me that's yours. I said, no, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm in retail. I, I love retail. I said, what are you going to do with tobacco? It's not my thing. Uh, I said, I don't know, but it's yours and you're going to keep it. So I storage this tobacco for years uh, till the manufacturer that had been holding this tobacco, they say, man, what are you going to do with this tobacco? Sell us to us. It's good. It's a great tobacco. I said, uh, hmm. if somebody wants to uh, buy this tobacco, it's because it's good. And uh, I said, you know what? Create a couple of blends. And they create 20 blends. 20. And I'm sorry, my kids in the background. No, no, uh, no worries. And man, the worst mistake you can ever tell a manufacturer, any manufacturer, is oh my god, I love all these blends. Oh my god, it, they're all good. <laughs> they're all great. You know, like oh my god, I, I'm in for the love. You know, that's the worst mistake. Because every manufacturer, and I, I, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being, um, being serious but fun at the same time. Yeah, is uh, everybody has the perf perfect blend. Everybody make the perfect the perfection, and I tell them, uh, man, I fall in love with with three out of the twenty. I fall in with four blends: the number three, the seven, the thirteen, and the fifteen. Bro, amazing cigars, great blending. They reach me out a couple of weeks after. They said, um, "What do you think about the cigars that we send you?" I said, "Man, do not touch the tobacco." Um, I was expecting a little bit more from you guys. Uh, please don't touch the tobacco. Man, if you tell that to a man, uh, any manufacturer, like, <laughs> they can be cacking. They can be like, what are you talking about? You don't know shit, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, man, if you want to create something else, investigate what is selling in the market. Like, go with, smoke Nicaraguan cigars, smoke Dominican, smoke Honduran, smoke whatever, whatever people are doing right now so you can understand. But this is me telling them in the in the raw way, uh, raw, like cruel, right? Create, create something good, create something different. Don't blend for yourself, blend for the market, blend for the people, what they, what they hunger. So they create another 20 cigars. Now we will have 40 cigars in the making. <laughs> And they and they, and then over there I said, man, they're good. But I, this is me pushing you to create. I love the number three. That's my cigar. I said, what are you talking about? We messed, we met, we 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 lost all this tobacco. We mess around. And I said, man, I don't know. But I'm not ready to commit to any blend. I said, wow, what do you mean? I said. Play with other tobaccos using this tobacco as well. Use more Nicaragua, use Honduran, use Mexico, use another Ecuadorian, Brazilian. Use other tobaccos. So do not focus on you. So they create another 20. Now we have 60. <laughs> and Thanksgiving week, I went to visit my folks in the Dominican Republic. And... And... Um, I went to the factory and they said, uh, so what are we going to do? Same, the number three is the winner. Let's uh, create a couple of cigars. I said, okay, how many, uh, how many thousands we can create? I said, thousands? 
<laughs> this cigar is going to be only for my people. When I go to a shop, I give this cigar to Kevin, this cigar to Kurt, not for sale. What are you talking about? I said, yeah, this cigar is not going to be for sale. That's going to be my signature cigar. Smoke that cigar. They look at me like, what are you doing, kid? Are you out of your mind? I said, no, I'm going to pay for I, I'm gonna pay for the production. Pay me, uh, uh, you know, do whatever, charge me whatever you can. And I make the cigars, whatever. So he gave me five, uh, 15 bundles. Every time that I go to a, a shop, I give him the cigar to the owner, to an a enthusiastic there, a friend of mine, family, blah, blah, blah. That was in December, January, in December. And in February, I went to Pro Cigar in um, in Dominican Republic in 2020. And uh, before the pandemic, like weeks before the pandemic yeah. started. And, you know, when we go to a festival, a cigar party, you always have cigars. And when you see, when I see Kevin, but I don't know Kevin, but I see him everywhere. And, hey, Kevin, how are you? I, I, we exchange cigars. That kind of thing. Probably the only cigar that I have in my pocket was like the culture plant number three. And I give it to Kev and Kev give me another one and we say goodbye, goodbye. Boom, March 15, the pandemic starts. We don't know what to do, but we have plenty of cigars to smoke and a lot of booze. <laughs> yep. And one of those the, one of those days and nights, uh, I let up a culture blend number three. Back then, it was only the factory band, only say culture and the number three. And I take a picture and put it in Instagram. Next morning, I wake up with seven messages, like, boom, boom, what I can find a cigar, how are you, uh, what are your name, uh, where do you find a cigar, how many cigars you have? I replied, <laughs> the only wrong thing that I said, first of all, how do you know about this cigar, and who gave you this cigar, because as far as I know, it's not for sale. I said, man, a guy that I've seen every time in a cigar festival, or party, or in Vegas, or whatever, he gave it to me, I don't know his name, nice guy, but I don't know his name, I said, yeah, you're talking to him. <laughs> Oh, my God, really? What's your name? My, my name is Adrian, blah, blah, blah. The guy from Switzerland. Retired from the industry, which used to be a, a, a distributor in Europe. And the guy, man, I said, man, I, I'm fascinated about this blend. Wow, that's a great cigar. I said, oh, thank you. I'm already packing like a, like a, like a five-pack to him. Like, okay, give me your answer. I send you five. The guy sent roughly like that, uh, how many you have in hand? You got thousand, you got two thousand, you got five thousand. I bought everything from you right now. I was wow. like, I'm looking at the farm, so I'm doing this, man. This is somebody that I know, a friend of mine, trying to prank me or something. And I, and I said to myself, what I have to lose? And the guy said, I said really roughly, I said, yeah, I got ten bundles for you. And the guy said, how much? Now he got me. Okay. Yeah. So I put my retail hat on <laughs> and I said, okay, how I can charge, number one, um, really humble. It's my product. I don't want to say it's $50, right? And this is this is a retail price. I don't want to say it's $3 because it's not worth $3. Only the year is only it's more than $15. But really shy, I say $10. And the guy said, okay, give me your bank account. Give me your um, um, your email to send you a call tag. And boom, he wired me some money. I received it. My cell phone blew, blew, blasting in, in alerts. 
my assistant tell me that you uh, receive the money and then you receive the email with the information. You just need to print it out, put it in a box, and have the custom paperwork with it, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I went to DHL, delivered that box, and I sit down in my car, and I start thinking in March 20, uh, 25, 26 to 2020, uh, this is real. Uh, this is an opportunity to me because I have time now to develop something interesting for my territory or for the U.S. or for just, a, just, just to do it. I say, yes, no problem to myself. Let's do it. I called the art and I told uh, Cesar, my guy, I said, bro, how many pounds of tobacco we have for the blend number three? He said, okay, no, uh, let me see. I'll call you back tomorrow. He called me back the next day. He said, bro, we have for about 43,000 cigars. Boom. Uh, I make the 40, uh, I make 25. And the rest was for uh, an exclusive company. Uh, but uh, when we sold that a lot, a lot of people was really enthusiastic in 2020. Uh, we create a, a nice uh, hype. Out of that, the cigar, it was really great. A lot of story. Uh, the, 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 the tobacco that I inherit, uh, he don't know that it, it was, my, that it was my, my cigar, the number three. So I invite that guy to the factory in September before the launch. And knowing this guy, he went to the factory and they gave him a cigar, the Pocho blend number three. And... He's drinking coffee, smoking the cigar, really quiet. <clears throat> and this guy knows tobacco. And he said, uh, who made this cigar? And the guy said, I created, sir, from the beginning. Where you get this tobacco from? And they, the guy said, uh, well, your son brought it, brought, it, brought it here. And he was one of my brothers. And my this one? No, he just started now. The business. He don't know. I said, no, the older, the older one. And the, I said, no, Adrian deal with sell cigars. He don't mess with tobacco. And the guy said, you remember, you remember 2016? And he was like in shock, emotional, like, no, we didn't. He saved the tobacco? I thought he sold that tobacco many moons ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and no, um, and he was really quiet. And that beat that, right? Like any that, like really uh, not emotional, like negative Nancy, right? Yeah. He was like, oh, my God, he got a big, instead of just say, oh, my God, this is so great for him or something, he said, oh, my God, he got a bigger troubles now. He got bigger troubles now because this tobacco was limited. There was really uh, uh, prototypes of tobacco. It was limited. That was you have a minimum classification with tobaccos. And how are you going to produce more? They changed the subject, end of the conversation. They said, uh, who's the owner of this of this factory here? Who's making the decision? Who got the money? And one guy in the back said, I do, sir. Said, well, you guarantee the process of the tobacco, the aging part? And the guy said, yes. And okay, so next see you next year. So next, uh, we we holding the tobacco since last year. Oh, wow. So what, what, what and that would be uh, cigars would be made in 2024 and released in 2025. Okay. Wow. Okay. So wow. oh how how awesome how awesome is that? So uh, yeah, I mean I mean just uh, um, God, I I I just 
it boggles my mind. I, I love that story. It, it's so, so cool. Uh, so so you go on from that, and then you 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 um, uh, partner with Blackbird. You know, on on the Hawk. How how did you? Because Jonas doesn't do a lot of, you know, a lot of collaborations. How did you convince Jonas to do uh, a collab with you? So everything start uh, because of you guys making we making podcasts and making these smart answers, like the yeah. smart questions. I'm sorry. Like so now, what are you gonna do, Adrian? What's the next yeah. culture blend number yeah. three? You can't release yeah. that next year. And I said, bro. You got me. Yes, I cannot because I don't have tobacco ready. Uh, I cannot lie. Remember, I, I can bullshit about a lot of things, but not because not on tobacco. And uh, that w- becomes the first alert on my on my mind. Okay, I have five years from now to entertain. How I entertain the conversation about what's your next move, what's your next cigar, and really fast, I think on making collaboration with the brands that I work. Uh, because I believe in the companies and they believe in my uh, whatever I have to tell them. And I think they have really, really great tobacco. And I think they have the a lot of a lot of superior tobacco we work with, but they need people in the road to tell them exactly what is what the, the consumer is trying to uh, buy in the market. So with Blackbird first, uh, I went to the art with, with Jonas. We uh, tasting a couple of plants. And man, we spent three days on nothing. Doing <laughs> we smoked 20 cigars a day and trying to figure out, and we can't figure out. He said, No, this is good. I said, No, this is not good. I said, This is good. He said, No, this is not good. So it was like Ugh. so one morning, the last morning, the master blender Papa saw us like full trading and he just started laughing on us. He said, What are you looking for, man? I said, I tell him exactly what I'm looking for. And Jonas said, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I envision with this guy or whatever. I said, he gave us two cigars like that at the same time. Try this one. You don't like that cigar, you tell Jonas, but you're going to love this cigar. And I, I fall in love with that hawk. I fall in love with that cigar. Uh, and boom, it's a Cuba wrapper, San Andres uh, binder, Nicaraguan Dominican filler. And I fall in love with that cigar. And because it has the power, it has a um, blackbird, uh, I would say, stamp on it, but it also has a Nicaraguan aftertaste, but it also have a dryness, sweetness from Mexico. It's a, it's a great cigar. And we start working in that, and the, the, the rest of history is we, make, we sell a lot of cigars with us. Now, now, the Hawk, is that something that's in regular production, or was that just a, a limited run? No, that's a limited run. Okay. So what, where did the hawk name come from? I know he's all birds. So did did you choose the hawk? Did it have a special meaning for you? The first when we, when we were smoking this cigar, I said, bro. The first of all, uh, I trying to um, get along with the marketing for each uh, for each uh, brand. For example, uh, the culture blend number three that was something separate. I, I'm not gonna launch something with, for example, with a uh, uh, black bird naming a. Uh, Blend number three by Blackbird. Yeah. No, it has yeah. to do with, with birds. So we choose the, one of the smartest birds as well, which is the the, the hawks and the most predators, uh, because it has that that cigar has that demeanor. It starts strong, then mellows down, and then it make you think. So that's why we choose the hawk name. Okay, interesting. So p- perfect. And like when we just had Jonas on, 
what was it last week here two weeks ago two weeks ago i think two weeks yeah. ago you know absolutely fantastic I, i've been following him since the beginning and, and the and the, and the guy's an absolute genius i love i love talking with jonas such a cool guy can't wait till this new factory opens up hopefully it opens up soon i think he posted some pictures that's massive uh you yeah, know you can play ball in there I, I, I saw because it was empty and i'm like man that is a massive facility so um I, I can't wait to see it open and see you know producing some more i'd love to get with him you know i've got i've got some ideas you know i'd love to do a collaboration with blackbird you know so but i'll i'll get with jonas on that so super super cool just a, a great guy just like henderson you know young kid you know up and coming you know it's just you know gonna gonna you know, ten years from now, just going to be crushing it, crushing it in the in the cigar industry. You know, uh, I always been saying this. Like, unfortunately, uh, we cannot live to uh, forever. Uh, we need to stay and represent the values of the, of the old guard and trying to be uh, 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 really smart how to do business and remember what, what who make you to make it there like you know like we need to be on the phone we need to see jose padron we need to see carlos fuentes we need to see uh benji menendez we need to see all these old folks that we that we seen for years what they do for us like we we carry a, a bigger responsibility if we want to commit uh, in the future for 25 years, 30 years from now, if we continue smoking cigars. Uh, we need to fight. We need to fight for to, for our right to smoke cigars in, in, the, in the free in the free world. Uh, I always say that overregulation kills small business. Uh, we need to be alert of that. It's just not the passion to smoke cigars. We're facing real stuff. FDA is real. Um, governments and through each state is real. Man, you go to New York, they can they can put you a ticket if you're smoking a cigar in, in the sidewalk. Yeah, it, it, exactly. You know, and it, it's one thing that that I have mentioned before on this show and other shows, and and you probably see it because you're in the lounges every day. Um, I feel like the brick and mortars could be doing a better job of informing the consumers because I've been in lounges and. You know, I've brought up the, the topic of FDA regulations or this and that. And the average cigar consumer doesn't know. You know, the yeah. guy that's not on, not everybody's on Instagram. Not everybody's on Facebook. There are guys <laughs> that just go to cigar lounges to smoke cigars. That's just what they, just what they do. You know, right. um, so I, I really wish more brick and mortar owners, more tobacconists would, would take it on to, to inform their clientele. You know, hey, you know, have you have you heard about this? You know, have you signed this petition? Have you written to your congressman? And you know, um, are you seeing the same thing? Just a lot of brick and mortars just not informing their clients about what's going on with the regulation. Man, when a brick and mortar asks you, well, so what's going on in the world? <laughs> we in trouble. I, I I've <laughs> I've I, I've yeah. seen that. I have I've seen I've had them ask me you know, the same thing. So what's going on in the cigar world that I should be aware of? And that takes me aback. You know, it's like, what? But I mean, this I, is, I this think, is your, um, your, the, your it's a great responsibility, but I always encourage a lot of people like find out first, find out the laws on your state. Yeah. Find out what's going on. How much tax are you pay? What's the, what the, what the, what's going to be in the next 10 years, five years from now. 
find out first here the states different states are different scenarios our, our friend bones uh messaged me i don't know kevin he, he messaged you that i guess uh uh out there uh on on the uh the the, the docket to vote is to uh to vote for uh making uh smoking illegal in in ocean springs oh just ocean springs or all of uh um yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah <laughs> but yeah i have to dig a little bit deeper into that one but i mean yeah. just i mean when we were down there i mean you can walk through the casinos and smoke cigars. You know they have cigar lounges, but there's he said that they're voting on that. You know it's a say. It's a say. Oh, go ahead, Adrian. <clears throat> Age related? Seriously? You think a kid can afford a fifteen dollar cigar, a ten dollar cigar? They they they, they didn't give afford a, a five dollar stick. <laughs> yeah, you know that conversation and that argument. It's you. You almost feel ridiculous giving it but it's the government so you know the government's government but you know when you when you sit outside of a high school and you see everyone pour out and everyone go in their knapsack and grab their their, their vape and start vaping and then they want to kind of put that in the same thing and I've, I've never seen a kid come out of a high school sit on the bench open up his bag pull out a robusto pull out his cutter <laughs> cut the cigar toast the foot and sit back and relax while he was over reviewing his algebra test. Um, you know, they're popping out, they're popping their vapes, and they're moving along. It's 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 such a ridiculous argument. Um, like I said, I we've talked about it for years back when I was on the BCA, and it's you you almost feel like you're you're just having this circular logic conversation with with people who know better, but they have an agenda. It's crazy. It's crazy, uh, man. But back again to the age that that really argument of the age. Can't remember. I only have one incident with age, and thank God I got gave me a lot of common sense, and I always ask for ID. And when I was making the transaction, the kid was there, yeah, paying, give me this box, whatever. He was making a big purchase. I said to back and I said, oh shit, I'm making commission on this box, right? Uh, and I said, yeah, can, can I have some, uh, like, give me your birthday, give me your ID, please. And the guy was like, he pulled out his CD batch right away, boom. It's like, good oh. job. Man, yeah, we, don't, we, don't see that, we don't see that in Florida a lot, but in, in, the, in the bigger cities, you can see that a lot. There's a lot of, a lot of things happening in big cities. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know of a, a single retailer here in Florida that has ever seen that. You know, we've talked yeah. about that. Like, they just... In Florida, it's not a big, not a big thing, you know, but, but, you know, I've been in shops here in Florida where when someone looks young, they, they do automatically ask for, for ID, but, you know, and, and now it's a little tougher since they raised the limit from 18 to 21, you know, that's just, you know, I don't know that that was a, you know, a little ridiculous, but big shout out to Northport lounges over there. Northport was his name. Yeah. Shabazz. Shabazz. Oh my God. That's my guy, man. Long time. Oh, see is him. it? Yeah, so man. I, yeah, that's five minutes for me. You know, uh, Shabazz, uh, nice guy. Yeah, super super nice guy. Care, you know, he was just down here, so we we uh, hung out at Shabazz's lounge for for a little while. You know, so uh, super yeah. great guy. Great lounge. Um, yeah, he he needs some help in that humidor. It's a mess. He's got he's got cigars. <laughs> Care saw it everywhere. Nobody you know. can help. No, nobody. You know, it just <laughs> uh, um, yeah. It, it you know he's he's a but he's no, a good, it's, it's, a, it's a great guy. I love I love Shabazz. 
I, I, I love Shabazz too. So super, super great guy. So um, I know we're coming up on time here. So uh, 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 I have one final question for you um, tonight. So um, all of your time working at Nat Sherman, because that was really, I mean, that's, that's a big place. You know, Beautiful. a lot, a, yeah, I know a, a lot of people coming in and out. What's like, what's like the one thing you learned at Nat Sherman that like helps you do your job better every day? Like something that's like, it just, I, I do this because of Nat Sherman, what Michael Herklotz taught me. Is, is there something in particular? Wow. Uh, it, uh, it give me, like, uh, it bring me a lot of emotions when you ask me that question. Thank you. Uh, on the question, man, uh, people thought that working in that Sherman was like, uh, it was cool, but, but uh, oh yeah, you, you just need to dress up and read a book and pass a test and you, you're working. No, it was, it was bigger than that. It was family. It was, uh, it was, uh, love and respect what you do is it, it, it was, it was magical. I remember uh, when people from the industry used to work to Nat Sherman and spend time uh, with us, just looking at us working. Like they sit down over there in the in the cabinets and they just we were just working. Everything was like sync. It was like a it was like a dance. Only with with a wink, I know my colleague was needing help for something else for my in a humidor. When they only for a look, I know my guy in the front was needing uh, needing help with the garbage, needing help cleaning ashtrays. Uh, just looking, no words. Just looking in the guy' eyes, and my guy, my colleague, my 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 coworker. He looked at me and said, "Man, that guy that he's looking, they're coming now. Is my client? Help me! I'm charging this guy. Assist this guy in the humidor. Give me five minutes. Just with the, with the eye." And you don't see that uh, alone in the, I don't see that um, motion or that dynamic in any shop in the States that I visit. And remember it was six guys, sometimes eight guys working at the same time. Wow. That's a lot of guys working in a humidor. Man, no, not, not the whole store. I mean, we have a the private member lounge. Yeah. We have a humidor. We have a big sitting down area. We have, Cigarettes, we have pipes, we have humidors, we have high-end accessories, we have everything. So that was the mecca uh, in New York of finding a great establishment in an old-time sensation in feeling of uh, smoking in the 1930s. Yeah, you know, I, I know one video, and I have it saved to my computer. It's when my Michael Herklotz had posted, and it was the uh, when he locked the doors for the last time. You know, it was that video. He was sweeping up the hum, you know, sweeping up, cleaning up, and it was just that that last time, that last click of the uh, of the door lock. And I still play that every now and then. I'll just go to my computer. It's saved, and it's just uh, you know what you know, just such an emotional an emotional time. You know, to, to see you know to see that closed. When I when I see that clip, uh, I only see uh, one chapter. Uh, goes down and a bigger chapter uh born uh i think all the colleagues that we they work now not the recent that the, in the past 10 years that we worked there but since the 1930s man it's a family of the since the 1930s can you believe that you know how I many know. people <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I was in that. I was in the, uh, the 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 shop in New York, and uh, um, when we were visiting, and it, I, it was in, beautiful. Barry Miller was our sales rep. Barry Miller, the Miller time. That's my guy too. <laughs> yeah, Bar- and 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 you. I mean, it was just like you know, always made. And when I was there, it just made you feel like you know, your time was their time. And just took very good care of me while I was in there, and as I was buying my cigars, and just really enjoyed the whole ex- the whole experience. And it's so great to walk into places like that. I was at Iowan Reese in in Chicago, um, and you know another place that's what the second oldest tobacco shop in in the country, and just to sit in in the smoking lounge and and to know the history of it, it was just so it was just inspiring it was so incredible to be in there and 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 to know that these places you know um go away unfortunately it's sad you know that uh one one morning i opened the shop 10 o'clock in the morning and this bowhead guy coming in i say what the hell are you doing here so early and nesto perez got you oh what are you doing come (laughs) so i might over we smoke a cigar, we have some coffee. And he we sitting down, he told me, Adrian, do you know that I used to work here? I I, I never knew that. So really? I said, really? I said, yeah, many moons ago, but I used to work here too when I was really young. Oh so, wow. You know, that tells you a lot of things. You know, that tells <laughs> you that it's, it's, it's many, many the events. I still thinking right now. I uh, was sitting talking with you guys, and the mo- on those moments uh, with many events with the Fuente family, with the Padron family, with Rocky Patel, uh, with uh, many many people in the industry when they leave their heart explaining their brand, their concepts, and the whole uh, family oriented uh, thing is it, it was magical. The only thing just to just to finish that the whole concept on my experience on Nash Sherman. Family values, um, respect what I do, what you do, your time is valuable, and always giving a professionalism uh, into your words into, and always commit to your deals. Perfect. Um, right. I love it. And then, uh, yeah, next time you're – because where, where are you? Are you down in Miami? No, no. I, I run away from Miami. Too many Cubans to go. <laughs> so so, so where, where do you call home at? Where's your uh, home base? Well, uh, I moved from Miami uh, two years ago as well uh, to Orlando. Okay. Uh, and then uh, recently I moved to Claremont now. Oh, okay. Yeah, home of the FSG farm. Yeah. You know, Corona. So, yeah. So, hopefully one day, you know, I try and get up to see Jeff up at uh, Corona every now and then. So, maybe one day we'll I'll meet you up there and we can have a cigar together. I want to ask for a job. I'm going to apply for a job on the farm. Maybe <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, I'll get, I'll get Jeff. I'm like, Hey, you know, cause he's, cause he was actually just uh, talking to me about uh, um, they're having a lot of issues with uh, finding an all, a lot of help. So I'm going to, I'm going to message him. I go, Hey, I got the guy that knows farm. He's really good picking garbage. He's really nice. Yeah. Really yeah. Good. Yeah. He needs to bring his kids up and teach them, you know, <laughs> what, you know, what, 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 what punishment is. So, so no, no, Karen, no, I, I uh, bear respect. I, I actually am going to the farming like in a couple of weeks, yeah. right after Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah, I, I think my dad's going to be in town, so I make a, a coordinate with Jeff to go over there. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, they just uh, they just planted. I think they, uh, they're about, you know, maybe six inches tall, eight inches tall. So, 
I'm sure your dad would love it out there. You know, see what yeah. see what Jeff's doing. So, Kara, any final uh, questions, thoughts for our uh, for our guest tonight? No, was, uh, I'm so glad that you were able to make it on. Um, this is fantastic, really. Thank you for your time and goodness. I, I, uh, I'm sorry, and I really apologize again. I, I mean, it's for the bottom of my heart, but um, understand something. And I, this is uh, I'm gonna end with this. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the time with your folks, whether you're with the, if you have kids, especially when you have the older, uh, appreciate the time. I lost a lot of time uh, just working two jobs, three jobs, and not making any time for family. Uh, I appreciate every second when I want my kids with the little ones, uh, with my wife. Uh, she's the real trooper uh, in, my, in my family. Um, I appreciate the time because uh, Time goes, and I'm sorry I missed like half an hour. Uh, no, no worries. Podcast, but I see my daughter trick or treat for the first time. It was really bad. Remember, she she born a year before the pandemic. Yeah. So yeah, that, it was really, really that's, emotional to see her going on picking candies. Far yeah. more important than uh, than that. Most definitely having that time spent with family. It truly is. It, it's it, it, it's you can't get that time back. Really. So, so thank you, Adrian. Thank you for coming on. And like I said, we'll definitely meet up for a cigar and we'll sit down and we'll chat some more up at Corona. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, when you up to this side of the woods, please hit me up. Oh, we'll do man. You, you have a good night. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care, Adrian. See ya. Um, next week we've got, uh, um, Jared McKelly of Favilli cigars on the show. So can't wait to um, talk with Jared. I really don't know he, his history. I know he's got a, um, I mean, I think he started with Drew Estate, now like the president or something of Favilli, and um, can't wait to hear his story of how he came up in the industry. Um, Also, make sure you're following Cigar Prop, producer Jessica, Caraviahante of Stogie Road Cigars on all the social medias, as well as the Cigar Culture um, in the, the show notes down below. So check them out. Make sure you click those links. Also in the show notes down below is the link for the Ybor City Cigar Heritage Festival. Remember, if you're thinking about coming down, um, both regular and VIP tickets are still available for the show on Sunday. Um, uh, Tickets are available for the Saturday's pre-party event. Um, I believe tickets are still available uh, for the J.C. Newman Factory. uh, Great pre-party tour of the factory. Um, After that, you know, obviously there's always a huge party over at uh, Corona Cigar Tampa, formerly Davidoff of Geneva. So make sure you head over to CigarHeritageFestival.com for tickets. Uh, link in the show notes down below. Once again, we want to thank all of our partners for supporting the show and making this happen each and every week. I know we say it every week, but we really, really can't make this happen without them. So hit the links down below, check them out. Thank you, JC Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, and Mandola Cigars. We are the muscle. Excelsior Tobaccos, makers of the Doña Lydia. GTO Cigars, those who know, smoke GTO. Corona Cigar, and of course, Drew Estate and Experience Asset. Care, leave us with some final words of wisdom for the night. Happy Halloween, and if you have a peanut allergy, avoid Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Mm, they're worth the diarrhea. I would still eat <laughs> So, all right, everybody. Oh, who, who do we have on next week, Care? Oh, you just heard, you already said it. Yeah, you're okay. all right? You okay, I am. I am. I, I think it's because Adrian kept referencing you and me as an example of giving us this 2016 cigar. So I figured after two examples, I'm like, okay, 
Adrian, maybe this sounds really good. I think are you gonna send us some? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, that, now I got a, a hunt online to see who's who's got those available. I know, right? That's it. So, all right, everybody. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. 